What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got it. It's the Panthers. Did you see them put up the thing about people about people bitching at them? Yeah. Yeah, I have it right here. You want? Uh, no, I already got it. So we're gonna talk about it though. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I would be disappointed if our team did anything less than that. Cause it's so obvious. You might as well point out and embrace the obvious. Like, a lot of Panther fans are pissed off. You know. So why why run from it? Yep. I like our team. Our, uh... I sat down in the immediate a room where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. <laughs> What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. And guess what? They couldn't hear me, but they can hear you. (laughs) How about all of that, Cody? (laughs) All of that, and they can't hear me. All right. Welcome Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. We're about 30 seconds behind the audio because of your man, Tony, who can never, ever get it right. But we're here talking about the latest Panthers news and opinions. Go ahead and smash the thumbs up button on YouTube and subscribe if you're on iTunes. Tune in, Stitcher. Tell somebody about the podcast. We're here talking about the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. I'm here with Cody Lashney. What is up? Tony Dunn, I hope I'm not muted. I, I almost feel like I should. I, I should wait. Allow, wait for it. Wait yeah, for allow it. for a great Go. period. For pe- okay, cool. What's up, everybody? Uh, man, listen. As always, there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night, even on a slow night when there's no news. Man, uh, I love nothing more than chopping it up with my boys and uh, chilling with the most lit YouTube chat room and all the Panther fandom and the whole gang is here, man. Joey Esquivel, J Dub. Ben S, Tin Tizzy, Sarah Taylor, 
Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK's in the house. What's up, man? You know, uh, living the dream, still uh, under house arrest, I guess you could say. Uh, stuck at home. Um, yeah, this uh, computer uh, chair has gotten a lot of sitting time. That's all I can say. Well, I tell you, you sure you shot us a picture of your setup, dude, and you're really coming in strong in that new house, getting it together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's getting together. Um, internet helped tremendously in my motivation to get everything uh, up and running. But now that we're here and ready to go, man, I'm uh, telling you, I'm, I'm I'm ready to get this thing. Uh, you know, kind of started with uh, Cody with the better, you know, a potential draft pick for the Carolina Panthers and whatnot. So. Let's do it, guys. And we got Greg. Greg's on the show. Greg, his clean-shaven face. Greg, the supervisor. Nah, what's up, Greg? You look so clean. Yeah, but, well, you know, this is the cleanest I've seen myself in quite a while. So um, it's interesting because I'm always doing this now with my chin, but I have nothing there to, to grasp or to, to – but I'll, I'll get over it eventually. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, even in a slow news week, I'm sure we're still going to find at least a few hours of the stuff to talk about. So, <laughs> we'll, see. Well, we'll see what we got. Uh, Panther Tonight's show is number eight of the year. Panthers prepare for draft amidst public ire. We're going to talk a little bit about the frustrations for working home if you're the Panthers social media. We'll be talking about tonight how the Panthers look and prepare in the draft. And we're going to do a little bit more of a philosophical discussion about where this team should go, if it's backwards, if it's stand put, if it's crazy town like jump ahead in the first round. I think most of the discussion is going to be talking about trading back and the potential there or standing pat. So we got that. And we've also got Gene Thomas coming on at a half past the hour from Buck What You Heard to help us uh, kind of take a peek into yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers free agency and see some of the changes that are going on there when it comes to Tom Brady and the, the emergence of that team, the big storyline with the free agent acquisition, as well as Jameis Winston jobless beside Cam Newton. And so we'll talk about that much more with your cat calls, 252-228-5098. Guys, let's go ahead and... I guess it is a slow news week. Cody, we have – is there any news? I think there actually is. I saw this as we signed a, a wide receiver, right? Um, somebody from – was it the Ravens maybe? To show you how I know how inconsequential it is, I have no <laughs> idea the name you're about to say. Dude, you could say Hood Gibson – and I would, I'd be like, yep, sounds about right. I swear we got right. somebody. Uh, we got Pharaoh Cooper. We got that. That happened in the last. Well, week. a lot of a lot of this is old news. They just signed the contracts. Uh, right is really what you're seeing. So, like the Seth Roberts, I think is who you're thinking about. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. How long has that been out? I mean, I feel like that wasn't new. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was one of those things that they reported on that first week of free agency and now you're just seeing the people signing the contracts like Bridgewater officially a finally acknowledged that he was a Panther. Did you see um, that? He put his, his name Panther King. Panther King. Like King. Yeah. He's coming <laughs> Which in. I love actually. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> finally the embrace of the Panther team that we've been looking for, from, for a 
So, yeah, none of these guys matter, it seems like. I mean, Okung is an important storyline, but there really has been no news with the team so far. And I guess the social media team has been frustrated at times by this because yeah. today they put out a tweet. And I've got, <laughs> it. I've got it up on the screen right now for people watching on YouTube, and it is the work from home tweet. And ultimately, they and Carolina Blue, over 50% of the pie chart is Panthers tweeting things they're mad about to the pan, to Panthers. Panthers fans, yeah, at, tweeting at at Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> things they're mad over. I'm like, yeah, go on. They're just throwing some shade right there. I do. Listen, uh, I've, I've always thought that we have one of the better online teams in all the NFL. Dude, our, our Twitter team is so awesome. And I don't blame them, man. Dude, everyone's pissed off on Twitter about, obviously, Cam Newton and all the other shit and shenanigans that have gone down. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that they did kind of choose to address it in this sarcastic manner because it's like, dude, they had no say-so in this, man. It's their job just to report what's going on and put out stuff that they're, that they're paid to put out. So, um yeah, I'm into it, man. I'm I'm happy that our team is still, uh, you know, still personable. It seems like uh, like they they know what they're doing. What do you think this dose says about what the response has been? It's got it's got to be a little telling. Is that even Hopefully. the social media team who is trying to keep it light here is probably like, oh my god, we have just been flooded for the last three weeks with negative. You can't. You can you cannot read the first comment of a Panthers post without seeing Cam Newton's name. Every single one <laughs> yeah. of them. I look at everything yeah. a house call, you know, by CMC. Sure miss Cam is the first comment. <laughs> so, like and people trolling them uh with uh with Cam Newton's posts and the the comment that uh or the the tweet that the Panthers made of we miss you and they tweeted at the Bank of America Stadium. Uh, people do have you guys seen that you might have retweeted it tony uh where somebody basically photo opt uh, the post of cam newton like throwing footballs and stuff like that and uh and, and put that that we miss you from carolina panthers oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah which i got fooled by all right so yeah. this was a tweet that was photoshopped it was a fake tweet and they copied two tweets and put them together. Yeah, they copied the Panthers' official Twitter blue logo, and I saw a picture of it. And I should have known. Once you see a picture of a tweet, yeah, you you think it. I actually thought, mm -hmm. man, maybe it's been deleted. That's kind of was my first thought. Is that oh that mm -hmm. didn't go over well, but. Uh, yeah, is that right now we're at a time where Cam Newton continues to dominate the stage so much where there's even fake talk, and we're getting duped by it, dude. It's, I mean, at that, uh, my first reaction to that was, oh, th this is this serious? Like, at right? This point, I should have I mean, known. In my in my mind right now, for whatever reason, I'm trying to convince myself that the longer Cam Newton goes without a team, the more likely it is we're like. I mean, you can come back to us for cheaper. You know, we'll we'll sign you, and then you know, save money, and still you'll have an opportunity to compete. Because apparently, the Chargers have his, their sources saying they're not interested in Cam Newton in the slightest. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about Cam Newton possibly not even being a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. 
I don't understand that mindset. I, I just don't get it. I get the injury and everything. You know, he's been injured prone for what the last season and a half. I mean, I get that, but what quarterback? I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that have been through that, and people don't give up on them like this. I just well, don't the, understand the, the problem. A lot of people right have now, made yeah, so right. many so many moves for quarterbacks. Like, there's not many quarterback hungry teams, and you're not gonna. You look at the Patriots; they don't have very much uh, cap space. You look at the Chargers, and they're going to be looking to the draft for their future. Um, yeah. You look at a lot of these, you know, places that the quarterback and half the teams in the NFL would probably have prefer to have Cam Newton. Uh, as their quarterback, well, the problem is they've got their quarterback locked up, and they would lose so much let's, money by trying to do that. So, let's, well, I actually, Cody, go I got it, I got it. Right now, let's roll to a little clip oh. from a Chris Sims talking about Cam Newton's situation. The elephant in the room, and, and it just didn't get enough attention, in my opinion, is Carolina screwed over Cam Newton. I mean, they screwed him. You know, I, I just feel like if yeah. other quarterbacks got treated the way Cam Newton just got treated, where, oh, hey, free agency started, hey, look for a trade. Uh, a lot of the other spots have been filled already, but go ahead and look for a trade now. I mean, I'm sorry. It makes me want to curse. I'm going to just say it's BS is what it is. For a guy who has clearly been the best player or at least the most notable player on the, the history of that franchise, the fact that they waited so late to figure out what to do with Cam Newton – it bothers me. I can't lie about that. And now, yeah, who else is there, Mike? I don't know. It's uh, The Chargers are bust right now. Or it's wait till training camp or wait till a team reevaluates their situation. I really don't know. But I do think it kind of pisses me off that Carolina did that to Cam Newton. And in my mind, that so perfectly encapsulates everything that I feel like we've been trying to say. And it, it, I want to expand upon that, too. Uh, credit to Peter Schrager. I was listening to an interview with him online, and he was talking about, but now with all this coronavirus shit going on, there's the dreaded word no one wants to hear. Mm. But now all the, the teams, they're not able to meet with draft prospects. They're not able to have people into the building. So Cam Newton has been hurt two years in a row. He's been dealing with injuries. And now teams are in a position where they can't even meet with him and, and talk to him and have a, uh, a a discussion with him. So this is also it. It obviously was disrespectful to Cam Newton and what he's done for the football team as a whole his entire time here. But now they waited so long that it's affecting his ability to now sign with another team. So yeah, I think Chris Sims. Uh, Really hit the nail on the head with that one. So yeah, a, it was a very good take. <clears throat> a former East Carolina football player. So, you know, I follow that because I live in Greenville, North Carolina. But also all pro, pro bowler, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, right? He tweet, he sounded off on this and he said, this is like what happened with me with the Titans. And you release me. It's the timing of the release where other teams have allocated already their free agent money. And that has changed even more so because in the current standing of the rules, guys, because Cam Newton technically was released very early in free agency. But the problem was Mm -hmm. is that two days or they've expanded that legal tampering period So now free agency, even though it begins on Thursday or whatever day it begins on, it really begins three or four days earlier. 
And so it, it really, if you're on day two of free agency, it's like really day five. So my thing is, and a team, if is, they go and get a defensive player and they say, this is where we're going to allocate this money because these options aren't available. You know, now Cam Newton's available. Maybe they would have picked a different plan. The question is, is that, did that really happen? Would teams have really done much differently? <laughs> I don't know. My my thing is this: in the same day that we announced that we're, we're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater, it, it was only a few hours or an hour before that they announced that they're going to allow Cam Newton to seek a trade. So that makes you think: mm-hmm. well, okay, how how long had they been in negotiations with Teddy Bridgewater? And and if you knew that, well, why did you wait so long to do it? I feel um, like it was. I personally, if I'm looking at it. Uh, once again, uh, through a microscope, uh, I, I think they had Cam Newton as a backup in their mind. Like he was, and not the backup as far as starting quarterback. Like if this doesn't like work, Plan B. Right. He's been Plan B. So they didn't release him because if they can't get Teddy Bridgewater, who is I think the probably the person they had in their eyes from the get go with his history with yeah. Joe Brady. Um, with the fact that they're not getting Joe Burrow, and there's a lot of unknowns with the guys that are in the draft. Uh, you know, at this moment in time, uh, I, I think that this was plan A um, and and keeping Cam Newton on the hook, at least until they know they have the opportunity to Teddy Bridgewater. It's probably what happened. That's why I think you saw this come together so quickly is because there was mutual interest. You know, you have right. Teddy Bridgewater, who knows the Saints offense, who knows probably better than any other because, I mean, he's the quarterback. Let's be honest. When we look at the, the that position group, he's going to have the most knowledge on how that offense is run more than anybody else on that NFL I guess, on, that, so on the same team. Doesn't that I, – I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. But isn't it tiresome when you mm-hmm. hear that? Yeah. Like Cam Newton can't – you know, it's not that – I mean, how familiar – I mean, obviously Teddy Bridgewater is very familiar because he's been in the system for so long. But it would really suck for that to be the real tipping factor. Yeah, especially when there was only one year that they spent together – and Joe, Joe, yeah, and Joe Brady was an assistant, and Joe Brady's system is the definition of quarterback friendly. So I mean, you just can't tell me that Cam Newton couldn't have. But uh, I think I think CK is absolutely right, though, is that that obviously they threw their hat in the ring with Teddy Bridgewater, and they were probably wondering to see if he picked them back because. There were ideas about Tampa Bay being interested in Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the New England Patriots being interested in Teddy Bridgewater. So it did. The stuff with Teddy Bridgewater obviously came together quicker than they – maybe not quicker than they thought, but came together quickly, which then led or precipitated the, hey, we'll let Cam Newton seek a trade – tweet or whatever it was and then 24 hours later it felt like cam newton is no longer going to be with the panthers and we're going to be we're in negotiations with teddy bridgewater well all right let's uh let's let, let's take bets which former number one pick in the draft will have a new team first cam newton or jadevian clowny clowny yeah, yeah i say more clowny. Like clowny cheap che- cheaper and you have more and more in demand I mean, well, I think I mean, not I think, necessarily a position. I, I think that Cam Newton. It, I wouldn't be surprised if we're three weeks into the season before somebody 
picks him back up. Gosh, that late. I wanted to reference a uh, comment in the chat. Ben S. said that, you know, it's uh, he wonders if Cam Newton doesn't get signed till after the draft where teams that don't get their quarterback in the draft or, you know, and then they start to think about Cam Newton. That's something that Will Brinson talked about today, I think, on the Pick 6 podcast. I think I think what you're going to find is you have a situation in Chicago where you have Trubisky and Foles as your star as your two best quarterbacks on that team, uh, and I think three weeks in you've given both of those guys a go and neither one of them perform. I think we're in a situation where their their fans are just calling for blood. And guess what? There is a quarterback out there who is still ready to go, who has been keeping himself fit, who has been throwing dimes in those Instagram posts, things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I think most of those those uh, that team, or even let's even be honest about it, the the Colts have a situation where they have a one or two year deal with the guy who is who has definitely shown that he's declined over the past couple of years in in Philip Rivers. So I think that Colts fans would have probably preferred to have Cam Newton if it was a choice between Cam and Philip. Unfortunately, they had already kind of played their cards with with Philip Rivers by the time they knew that uh, Cam Newton was on the market. I do wonder about that though, because I know a lot of Colts fans. You know, there was always the Andrew, who was better, Andrew Luck or Cam Newton. Mm. And so I kind of feel like a lot of Colts fans uh, might have been more salty toward Cam Newton. But again, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm biased, man. I would love to have Cam Newton over all these assholes, man. So I, I, I don't know. I just hope he signs before, uh, b- before the season, man. He deserves to be a starter somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, well, I agree. Well, let me I ask agree. you, fellas. Do y'all think that this year in the draft that Tua, Burrow, and Herbert, all of them make it out of the top ten? Like, do you think they're all you off mean, the board? Do you before think they're level? all selected yeah. before ten? Yeah, before I ten, do. yeah, or, or yeah, ten or below. Yeah. So if that's the, if that's the case, then we really got to look at it in the NFL. There's only about three or four teams that are quarterback hungry, and of those three or four teams, they're all in the top ten. Yeah. So waiting for it to sign Except Cam for the Patriots. after your draft, if there's nobody, if there's nobody, it would true. But I mean, really, if there's nobody interested now, there's probably not going to be anybody interested after the draft either, because based on that kind of logic, because all the quarterback hungry teams yeah. are going to have their shot. To let me let me ask you a question because I don't I don't know how this would. I know a post, uh, you know, June uh, cut would have saved us some money, but let me ask this. I mean, we we didn't save money. We lost that in millions, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. What would have happened? In the event, let's say training camp came around, we still signed Teddy Bridgewater, and we have Cam Newton both on the roster at that moment in time, right? And we let them compete, right? You know, somebody else can, you know, and if one of them outperforms the other, well, we might still be able to have the ability to trade somebody and not have that hit from a, a salary aspect of things. Would that be a, a smart way to handle all that, or would that would that have just been just way too much drama for training camp? Probably too much because I would say that neither Tate Bridgewater or Cam Newton would would even want or or let themselves be in a situation where they're not, you know, pretty much the especially if Cam Newton was still here, he would have no reason to not be the number one. And then to, to sign Tate Bridgewater for the same amount of money, I, I don't know. I just don't think that would that would happen. But I don't know, man. I'm uh, 
I'm there gonna, is a I, there is one other team. I want to go back to Greg's question. Is the I know the team teams or, or the teams right? Some people have floated Jacksonville out there. I wouldn't want to go to Jacksonville if I was Cam. They're just a shit show. All well, the you, stars want to get out of there. Mom, by the way, from Miss Susan Dunes. Yes, thank you to Den Mama uh, for contributing to the C Three Panthers podcast. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, call in to the Cat Calls line. The number is two five two 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 eight. 1598. Um, I think a team that could be intriguing with Cam Newton would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> that I could see, but I like, still they already said no. I think yeah. that, yeah, they're and in the they're, same boat. They're, they've got uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And but if there's that, no Ben, Ben has on the hook for him. I don't but, think that's the situation. But I think he's, he's been hurt. He looks like a fat ass, right? The pictures of him, he doesn't look like Cam Newton looks like in his Instagram. He's getting older. He has not played to the level that he has played in the past. He has shown that he's constantly injured. A couple of years ago, I saw one reporter say that they saw a big Ben in training camp. Maybe it was before last year or the year before. And do you remember when he just had to take time off because of his elbow? Before he had yeah. the surgery, and so he just like Rossiper. took. Yeah, yeah. Who did I say? Did I say? No, yeah. that's not oh, yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he took time off, and they said that training camp that year, he went out there during training camp and threw like five or six passes, like nothing. Like he didn't participate in the day, and when he was taking questions later on in the afternoon his arm was wrapped up like robo like with ice and all of this like it was just such a a, so here is that the Steelers are in some ways very similar to what the Panthers have been or with the quarterback is they with a much older quarterback as well yeah is that look they lost their quarterback and they put up a hell of a fight last year but with Duck, they you know they can't win with Duck, whatever his name is. No, the only reason they put up a fight was because they had an incredible defense there the second half. But of that's the what I'm saying. You get Cam Newton on that team, and all of a sudden, if even a big Ben goes yeah. down, you're in a better think, position. I still think you're in a situation with the Steelers where I, I have to. I can't remember what Roethlisberger's contract looks like, but unless he makes the decision to retire, I think that they're out of luck with him. I think that you're kind of on the hook for a guy that you probably owe way more money than he's worth at this point. Here, let's pull out our, I would like to first pull out our Camtology Bibles and turn to the gospel of Cam. Uh, All I do is work. That's all he knows, folks. It's work. That's all I know. I gave up on it. I tell you this, guys. A spiritual Cam Newton overpowers <laughs> Big Ben, the rapist. Oh, I shouldn't say it. Actually, alleged. Therapist. Alleged. Therapist. Allegedly. Yeah. 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 Therapist. (laughs) Therapist. I agree with that one. That's exactly what I said. Uh, But still, (laughs) here, you mentioned it, Earl. Who said something about his Instagram? It was CK. 
the videos. Yeah. Him doing his. Have you, while we've tried to rationalize the Cam Newton decision at all, how do you feel when you see his toes tapping on that damn, uh, like crazy, him running all over the place and remembering it's his foot that was the fucking problem and he out there mm -hmm. looking more athletic and running around better than anybody? Dude, and he's throwing hell, Mary. He's not a doctor, Tony. Dude, he's He's not a <laughs> That's what we were told by Tepper. He's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. We don't know. You know, oh. I'm like, I mean, maybe. Well, the the thing that I think that you know to play devil's advocate there, um, <laughs> those are edited videos that he's put together. I can tell you that he's probably Very not going to put many uh, any of him any in the, the ice tub afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how long that workout really was? How much he was running? How many throws he actually was able to? you know have on point but it's still he's he's still doing it though that's the thing is that if he was really in that bad like so if he's in that bad of shape and he's disguising it that much then that would raise some questions ethical questions about when he goes to the table with a team right but to me what this says is that he's healthy enough to at least make the video well I mean, he's obviously working out, you know, which yeah, I mean, takes a lot. You, it I mean, he's doing the stair doing, stepper. Not, not, he's doing all this stuff well, with his yeah. feet. Yeah, it's not just foot workouts or leg workouts that you use, use your feet for. I mean, your feet are very important for about anything. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, Y'all know how I feel about the whole situation. So Let's do yeah, this. Let's sneak same, in. Same. Let's sneak in a cat call <laughs> before Gene comes on at 930. Number's 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... What is up, everybody? It's your boy, again, for the third week in a row, PKNP. PKNP? What's up? I've been misjudged oh, you and can't. misrepresented about uh, how I feel about Cam Newton. I, I, I said I was, I was frustrated with the way that Panther fans have been reacting and everything's doom and gloom about Cam Newton getting traded and, and the whole thing that's going on with the Panthers organization right now. Look, I love Cam Newton, all right? I've been his biggest defender since he's been there. I think he's a great player. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think they should have kept him, but they didn't. And I've been saying that they are tanking on purpose. It's clear to me. I mean, I don't know what you guys are watching if you think they aren't tanking on purpose. Now, on top of all of the other blue-chip players that they've traded away, or dismissed. Now, Curtis Samuel's on the block. If this isn't the <laughs> death nail to the Carolina's not tanking theory, I don't know what is. So I don't even know what I'm. What the, the the point of this is is that uh, I'm getting labeled all of a sudden after defending Cam Newton and thinking he's one of the greatest players. Over the past uh, decade, maybe ever, for Carolina, I'm, now I'm getting labeled as a 
Carolina hater. Oh, this guy hates Cam, Cam Newton. Hater, He's yeah. just a Cam Newton hater. No, motherfucker. I'm not no Cam Newton hater. I love him. I think they should have kept him. But here's the bottom line. They're moving on. They're moving on from him. They're moving on from all these other guys on purpose. They're tanking. Just get over it. Look, just get over mm -hmm. it. Just get over it. I'm not a Cam Newton hater. All right? I love the guy. But they're doing what they're doing, and it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Pete Dan Pete, checking out. Brother Pete. I agree with you, man. And for mm -hmm. the law, you know, really what, what, what this comes down to, I feel, is it's a matter of practicality. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing that we, there is nothing that any of us are going to do about this now. A lot of us still want Cam to be here, especially after seeing the videos of him moving around and throwing the football and just, uh, you, you know, I've been doing things that we all know that Cam Newton can do. But, yeah, the truth of the matter is Cam Newton's not coming back. And as much as that sucks, um, yeah, Panther fans now have to look forward. And I think the commonality, the thing that people, that Panther fans specifically need to work on is knowing the things that you're not going to be able to change and have a say-so in. And that very well might be that the Panthers do not even have intentions of being a good football team next year. And uh, uh, that might rub a lot of you the wrong way too, but if if we had to have another bad season to have another 10 plus years of fantastic Carolina Panther football, I promise you it's worth it. But that's a big gamble though. It, it, no, it, 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 it certainly is, but at a certain point, you know, you have to kind of read the tea leaves. Now, yeah. I personally don't believe that McCaffrey or Samuel will end up being traded. But if you're looking to, uh, you know, shoot for a quarterback next year, I mean, that's what you do. You you give away and trade mm -hmm. your players that have value while they still have, you know, time left on their contract to be able to, to, to make moves. So... Yeah, you may not love it, but if it's what's happening, it's it's what's happening. Wow. You notice I'm a whole lot calmer this week than I have been. And I'll tell you what I did is because we've just been through so many weeks of negative news with the Panthers, and I've been so passionate about how angry I'm upset. I'm probably more upset now than I have in a week. I just separated myself from most news of Panthers all this week. Well, there has been. been so there's terrible. been none, so that's the good news. Well, I mean, just I haven't looked up anything Panthers. I haven't been they've, tweeting about it. Nothing. Like, they've, I, you know, they've I done the break. press. They've done like little press conferences with Teddy Bridgewater. Oh yeah. And, well, we've kind of uh, quarantined ourselves from a lot of that noise. I think. Also, I did mm -hmm. want to reference this just real quick. Is uh, Cody last year was talking about not thinking that trading away somebody like Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. I did hear potentially that the 49ers could be a, a suitor for Curtis Samuel. Now, it wasn't anything reputable. It was just speculation of how it would work with that system. So a lot to be thought on upon that. But as we continue on with the show right now, I'd like to kind of turn our focus a little bit. We have been so insulated, like you said, like Greg said, as we've quarantined in the past week because of the bad news Panthers, we've quarantined in Panther Nation for the last months 
trying to figure out our own team, the direction, new ownership, new coach, new all of this over the past two years. And we have not looked outside a ton. So tonight we're going to start looking outside and starting with the division, looking to Tampa Bay and just see what they've done, where they were at heading into the season, uh, to this offseason, what some of the early uh, outlook upon free agency and maybe a little bit of what they're thinking, how that sets up the draft. And what we've, who we've got tonight is an old friend of the show, Gene Thomas. Buck, what you heard. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, how's everything going? Uh, hopefully you can hear me. Hopefully my volume's okay. Yes, perfect. Yeah, you're good. All right. Hey, guys, I love the show. I, I, I never miss it. It's it's on rotation at work. Uh, I, I never miss your show. So uh, you guys do a great job, and it's always good to hear what's going on uh, throughout the NFC South. Yeah. Gene, I can at least speak for myself and say you're my favorite guest because of your insight, everything that you bring to the table. We're happy to have you back, man. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. There's and kind congratulations of congratulations on your on your quarterback. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. Here's, there's a wait, little wait, feel wait. to we this. We just now gave you a compliment. You're going to come in there with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think that I I he really do believe that Teddy Bridgewater is underrated. I think that uh, you know, oh, fan, and and I really believe that he's going to come in and he's not going to throw a game away. I, I think that uh, the way he plays the game, I I, I just don't see him as being a liability. Uh, when you look at this team top to bottom. I was going to say this was had a little feel of it, of the old southbound and down, trying to look around the NFC South, and then you come in here firing shots about Teddy Bridgewater. No, is that – no, I think that's reasonable. I think it's very reasonable. We're just so in our feels, man, about Cam Newton, dude. You know, uh, if, if I can say this, they, they did him kind of dirty – uh, the way mm-hmm. they went out, that he went out, and I've gone on record saying that. I, I realize that he's a division rival, but I love football, and I love football players. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if they were going to let him go, they should have given him an opportunity to go when the quarterback market was uh, at a better point than where it was when they let him go. And uh, I, I just, I've seen the videos too. Uh, I've seen what he's working out, and uh, he's going to come out uh, both guns firing, I think. Well, let's talk about your quarterback situation and the early manifestations of free agency. Is I don't where where did the Tom Brady signing actually happen in free agency? Because you had that moment where it seemed like there was he could go back to the Patriots. How did that shake out to where all of a sudden he's with the Bucks? Well, uh, I think there was uh, a mutual interest there when uh, you had a general manager, Jason Light, and, and uh, Bruce Arians. They were looking at, you know, with their scouts, they were looking at potential quarterbacks. Tom Brady was number one. Well, this is according to Jason Light. Tom Brady was number one. Teddy Bridgewater was number two. And Jameis Winston was number three on the list of uh, quarterbacks to bring in. And so uh, when, the two, when the two sides met, uh, I think Tom Brady, Tom Brady did his homework. He knew who the wide receivers were. He knew who the tight end core was, and he knew the offensive line. He knew the inner workings of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he went to meet with Jason Light. So he was he was on top of things. And it, again, there was just so much mutual interest there that it just everything kind of fell in place. What else has been going on? Is it only been Tom Brady? Well, uh, they've they've re-signed some key defensive players, uh, Ndamukong Sue. Uh, they've brought back Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP, 
and they've they've signed the uh, sack the sack leader from last year, uh, Shaquille Barrett. So did they sign uh, him or is it a franchise? Yeah, I'm sorry, French. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, he was franchise. Yeah, yeah, he oh, was franchise. You're correct. Sorry about that. So but, uh, yeah, uh, just getting, gonna... getting him back. I I really believe that they'll get him on a long term deal here uh, pretty soon too. Let me ask this because I think it's it it's a question I think that goes along with the signing of Tom Brady. Uh, I, there's going to be, I guess, a, a double side to this. This is a clear signing of a win now mentality, right? Because you guys have every piece that you need. You just haven't had that reliable person under center to be able to make sure that every game you guys are competitive. Uh, and and I think that this signing with Tom Brady does that. But does this also indicate that the window for you guys to win is very small in comparison to what it could have been had Jameis actually lived up to what his hype was when he was the number one overall pick? Absolutely. Uh, you see the moves that they're they're making right now. Uh, the roster is fluid. So, I mean, what you're seeing right now, if you went out and looked at this, the uh, roster right now, it's not going to look like it's what it looks like now will not look like what it will be uh, come mm-hmm. kickoff in September. Uh, they're still making moves, but you're you're absolutely right. They went in and got a quarterback that they feel can get them uh, deep into the playoffs, if not if not into the Super Bowl, according to their mentality. Uh, you know, as an outsider looking in, I I don't watch as much game film as they do, but uh, there are just some things that I see uh, holes that I see that they need to fill. But uh, it's it's going to be an interesting season to see exactly what they do. June, I have a very oh. straightforward question for you man how do you feel brother i mean uh the the, dude tom brady it doesn't even feel right to say really that tom brady is an nfc south quarterback and is a tampa bay buccaneer like it's i I don't know it's still so early it's like there's that does not compute kind of you know why i like the signing yeah go ahead go ahead i was just allergic uh, no i'll you guys have taken away the ability for the Patriots to say he has been the only quarterback. He's been only a Patriot, and that's it. Now he is a Patriot and a Buck. No matter what happens, if he wins you guys a Super Bowl, which I'm okay, as long as Atlanta doesn't win a Super Bowl, I'm cool with it. Like, you guys yeah. can win another one. Let's go. You know, if he wins, I'm just hoping if you guys can win with Tom Brady a Super Bowl, like, I'm going to love it because now he, <laughs> Patriots have no claim over him as far as their only quarterback, <laughs> only being yeah, there. And I, and I want to wish everybody a belated 328. Uh, just because <laughs> hey, happy 328, man. Yeah, I'm sorry I wasn't able to wish you guys this in person. but you know, yeah. happy. Atlanta must yeah. be hating this signing because now they have to face <laughs> Tom Brady twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Hey, uh, so I got a question for you, Gene. Wait, hold, 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 hold on. I got Gene's opinion on – on Tom oh, yeah. Brady, and I want, and I want okay, your, yeah, own, right. your your unfiltered opinion because I don't know what you feel about Tom. Like a lot of people, you know, think that Tom Brady is a a, a system quarterback, and all of his success was predicated upon the Patriot way and Bill Belichick being there. How I mean, how, how you feel, man? Tom Brady and and Bruce Arians. Uh, I love his decision making. I love what he can do at the line. I love how he can read defenses. He's a lot, uh, he's a lot faster at reading defenses. I think he puts the ball in a position where it's secure. Uh, you're not going to run into Smart. a lot of turnovers, and uh, I, I just think that he's he's a good fit. You've got Mike Evans on one side, you've got Chris yeah. Godwin on the other side, uh, you've got Cameron Brait, who's 100% healthy from injury, 
and uh, OJ Howard, who, you know, Tom Brady loves his tight ends. So uh, there will be a lot of accountability and you're going to see a lot more, in my opinion, just watching Tom Brady as an outsider looking in in New England, he held people accountable, whether it was an offensive lineman, wide receiver, running back, uh, they're going to have to up their game up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the two years that we will have him and uh, it's going to be exciting to, to see what he, he brings to Tampa. I just know that, you know, Tampa is going to be in every game and, and I'm not saying this is a hot take. As long as he can be kept upright, Tom Brady will keep Tampa in every game they're in. What's Greg, the I know you have a question. Oh, sorry. sorry oh yeah. Well, Mine was just kind of an, an off the wall. Oh, did you want to say something else? Yeah, I just wanted to add one more thing while it was on the top of my head. There's also been the discussion about, you know, Bruce Arians and his play calling being a down-the-field attacking, very vertical uh, style of offense, which is why a lot of people had hope for Jameis in Tampa Bay under Bruce Arians. Do do you buy any of the criticisms or the concerns that that Tom Brady is not the the kind of arm talent quarterback to, to be able to do the things that Arians will ask of him? Until I see him not do it, I mean, just what I've seen from him on film, he didn't have the the weapons uh, that a, a Tampa Bay off, uh, offense offers. Uh, I right. do believe that he does have the still have the arm talent to the arm strength to get the ball down the field. Uh, yeah. And and until I see him not do it, I'm just going to be under the impression that he mm-hmm. can do it. Cool. Uh, look, actually, uh, Lynn uh, Lynn Linehart in the chat just. Just took my question <laughs> right off of me. <laughs> With Tom Brady, he's going to bring a whole lot to the team uh, as far as uh, hope and optimism. And you know, you're right. You guys have a great wide receiver core, but you know who Tom Brady's favorite wide receiver is. And I want to know from your point of view, as Randy a fan, Moss. Your point of view is like best for the franchise. <laughs> well, uh, he's retired, isn't he? <laughs> nah, yeah, he is. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, if AB were to be able to come back, would you want him in the system? Because you could be pretty lethal, I think, with A.B., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Bruce Arians coaching and Tom Brady throwing the ball. That's a pretty pretty lethal combination. If, if, you're, if, you're, all in, if you're all in with a win-now mentality, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the, the NFL has going with him or how long he's suspended for. or I don't, don't even do know where it, they Gene. are with that. With don't that. do it. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a win-now, you've got two seasons to do this. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't see I, me personally. I don't see why you wouldn't, if he's got the, you know, if he's going to come back, he wants to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants to play with him. I don't know. I, but I, I can tell you, I can tell you. So this is just my opinion, but I can tell you that Bruce Arians flat out said, no, it's not going to happen. So, uh, okay. can I so tell you that. why it shouldn't happen? Can't say I blame them. <laughs> well, there's a ton of reasons why it shouldn't happen. I'll tell you. Happen. Well, yeah. there's a, well, there's one reason that has to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that they're good enough on offense to not have yeah. to, yeah. to feel that far away to where they yeah, got to the, deal if with you, that. If you add somebody like that to that type of an offense, you're just asking for your receivers to be mad. Yeah. Right. They because got Godwin. He's awesome, dude. I know, but this is what you have to look at. If you if you look at the wide receiver core for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it goes yeah. from Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, and Ooh. everybody else. So <laughs> it's like it's like you're at the top of the Grand Canyon and you take a little step down and then you can fall off the cliff and go several miles down. Right. And that's kind of where the the talent level and there's there's with, uh, then you need Curry a good role player. You need a good role player. You don't need a yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. You, if you can get a nice possession receiver, like when we when the Bucks had uh, Adam Humphreys, he was ideal. Yeah, I mean he he could get the he could get those yards that you needed. Uh, yeah, you, you don't you don't need a Cadillac at number three. But like I said, if he was available and you know you knew that you knew he were going to get that talent on the field, I I can't say that you you'd see why not. But but we can put that to rest because it's not going to happen. It's not happening. Yet. Well, and I mean, you have to think that part of the reason why Tom Brady wanted to go to Tampa was because of the weapons that you already have in place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's right. not a it's it's not a team that's in need of Antonio Brown. I mean, right. if anything, you know, uh, provide to that offensive line, bolster that. So you know, Tom Brady has time to throw the football yeah, that the was football. his real problem in new england i felt like this year is i know everybody pointed to the lack of weapons but for the first time in my lifetime i remember just seeing tom brady on his back a lot like i would just be watching I, i'm just not used to watching i'm used to watching patriot games and him come out and he looked like he never the like didn't touch it's didn't play football on the ground yeah yeah so this and that has been problematic. I don't think it's just been the weapons. I think that's a lot to do with it. And then I and going back is with AB and I don't want to focus this on AB. I want to focus it more on team chemistry. And I'm I you know, I I think talent is very important, but my concern is more how AB would get along with Arians. I think that Tom Brady is able to, you know, command a room because he is Tom Brady and AB has to recognize that. But really my question comes to you, Gene, is how Tom Brady and Arians, I think we're going to learn a lot about Arians as a coach and if he can be adaptable because he can't sit down and try to tell Tom Brady what to do. And I don't like I, to hear I, this about he's the quarterback whisperer. When you've got Tom Brady, you should just say, Tom Brady, take care of it. Yeah, I, I think there'll be a lot more flexibility. And, and again, this is one of those things where Tom Brady did his homework before he came to Tampa. I don't know how many times we've seen free agents go to another team, and it's not a good fit, but the money's good. It, time and time again, we've seen that. But I think Tom Brady, being the businessman that he is, number one, uh, being, you know, a good football person, you know, coming in, knowing about the team that, you know, he's going to play with. So, uh, again, it I, I'm good with the move. I think that they've both they've all done their homework and they've come to the conclusion this was the best fit for him. I think that you guys should go and get Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think he resigns with Seattle personally, just based on how everything's going. But wouldn't that make that's what y'all need? Is that you got some horses, but you know Sue. There, there's you've lost some. I mean, when you look, uh, Carl Nassib signed with the uh, Raiders, and um, but if you are going all in, that would make a bigger difference than Antonio Brown would. Yeah, I, most definitely. But again, like I said, you know, they, they made it abundantly clear, both coach and, and GM, that he's AB's not coming to Tampa. So um, okay. you you would probably see the Bucks go into the draft, getting that number three receiver. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, because the draft is stacked this year with with wide receiver talent from top to bottom. So, yeah. I mean, you could go into the late rounds, you know, and, and find it a, a good number three receiver uh, to compliment uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So, uh yeah. You know, again, that's kind of where you where you are with with the Buccaneers as far as the the offense goes. So, Gene, let me ask you this: How confident are you about that offensive line? 
I mean, do, do, are you still kind of, I mean, do you believe that it needs to be worked on through the draft? Is there, you know, potentially another free agent? I, I don't even know how much money you guys you know, have left to work with, but it's, uh, it's going to be, it's, it's pretty tight after, after re-signing and Dominican Sue, it's pretty tight. Um, yeah. I, I would say, I would say me personally, uh, the offensive line should have been addressed uh, over the past four years. And uh, and I don't think uh, enough attention was paid to the the line. I know they've thrown draft picks at the offensive line, but they've never really gotten quality players that you can get into a rotation. And I mean, Ali Marpet and you know, I guess Donovan Smith, who uh, you know, Alex that's Kappa, Alex Kappa. And and I will say this about Alex Kappa: he's come into his own. I you know, you don't hear about him because he he's doing his job. So to me, I'm good with that, you know, and I think he played with a fractured forearm or something like that. And he played through and, you know, he finished out the season. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a horse. I so, liked him when he was coming out. I remember scouting him. Yeah. And, and again, guys, uh, this is one of those things that they watch more film than I do. But from what I see, um, I'm just concerned about them being able to keep uh, Tom Brady upright and hopefully they'll prove me wrong and get those players in there. But, you know, Roster's fluid. We'll see what other moves they make. But as of right now, if the season were to start right now, I would have a lot of concern with that offensive line. Where are you all picking uh, this year? Number four, number 14. 14. So, I mean, it, do you think there's a possibility? Because there's essentially a big four in this year's draft in terms of tackle. It's mm-hmm. uh, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Riffs, and Makai Becton. If if none of if not one of them falls to Tampa Bay, is there a chance that you could move up for one of those players? Because it just seems to me if you're gonna sign, you know, maybe the goat quarterback of all time, I mean, you're really not doing your due diligence if if you don't have a line to protect him. He's not mobile. He's over forty years old now. I mean, that seems like right now there wouldn't be a bigger priority for Tampa than to address that offensive line. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you 100%. But I, we've seen what uh, Jason Light has done. I would say over the past two seasons, he's really redeemed himself. He's gotten, uh, he's gotten a lot out of the draft on these last couple of drafts. And, uh, you know, key players, Vita Vea comes to mind, uh, uh Devin White is another player that comes to mind. Just and and then there are some other role players that have been able to come in and play. Uh, right. Again, it, it's playing as a team, playing as a unit, having an offensive line that can play together, not just individual players, and uh, you know just protect the quarterback. I think is what it all comes down to. So uh, I, I right as of right now, I'm not sure what direction they're going to go. If they grab the best player available on the board, or if they if they grab a player player out of need i've heard negatives on both ends you know you don't want to just get a player out of necessity when there's a player that's like a once in a generational player that you could you could possibly have and cody do you think they need to trade for that because the way the talk is going with between chase young a kodu a okadu whatever his name is and yeah akuda no wasn't a good try at all um, but we also got you got the quarterbacks in that round. You could sit tight at fourteen and get one of those tackles. Yeah. I, I mean, I there's see certainly the Bucks, a I could see the Bucks trading down. I could see the Bucks trading down, getting a player late in the first round, and then trading back up 
Uh, that's that's another possibility as well. I mean, uh, Jason Light has done this before, and please don't bring up the kicker. Uh, but yeah, Jason Light <laughs> has, done, has done this before. You know, where he's traded back up into into the round. So uh, anything's possible. You saw what they did with Vita Vea. They dropped down, got an extra pick, and they still got their guy. So uh, I'm sure you know with Bruce Arians uh, in Tampa has really helped uh, Jason Light as far as. Uh, getting quality picks, you know, when they've been uh, when they've been able to draft them. Hey, I know you guys just signed Tom Brady, but how important do you think it is if there's a guy, say, in like the third or fourth round, maybe even sooner, but uh, that's the, that's got potential you could see as a quarterback to maybe be a future quarterback, and you have the opportunity to take him late and have him sit behind Tom Brady for two years. Do you mind am, taking a quarterback? I am 100% for it. I, I think yeah. that is the ideal thing. I, we saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes. I, that is right. the, the the key example where he sat behind Alex Smith. No pressure on no Patrick. No pressure at all on Patrick Mahomes. He was able to come in, and uh, you, the rest is history. So uh, yeah. another example was um, you know Joe Cool in in Green Bay and what he did sitting behind Brett Favre, and it just it it worked out to where you know where things you know I, I would love to see more quarterbacks able to do this because I think a lot of quarterbacks fail when they get too much put on them too soon. And it, it really, it really hurts their career. Where is Jameis Winston's? What's his story? All right. So Jameis, Uh, I've been, I was kind of uplift. There's a couple of things. One, you hear Arians that says that he's been on the phone given letters of reference for Jameis Winston. The other thing to me that's more intriguing is that he got LASIK surgery. I wonder if I'm just waiting for Jameis Winston to not to throw like 10 less picks next year because he can see. But where do you see the Jameis Winston saga shaking out? Where Where is he? He's going to be a backup? Is he going to – is that what's going to happen? You know, with, with- – it, right now, I think he's still rehabbing from that meniscus injury that he had or the the fractured thumb, I believe, one of the two. He's still rehabbing from that. Uh, I I expect him to be a backup somewhere. I would I would love to see him in San, San Francisco, possibly, or, uh, you know, somewhere or even Pittsburgh, where they're, they, they're in need of a quality backup uh, because you've got uh, guys like Mason Rudolph backing up Big Ben, and we know he's getting older, so – you know, you've got a good quality system in place, great running game, uh, you know, just a good opportunity to sit back and learn and uh, get acclimated to a system and get ready to take over. I don't think Jameis Winston is trash. I know a lot of people Are hate happy James or Winston sad he's him. gone. Um, I'm disappointed. I, I would have liked to have seen what he could do because to me, 30, 30 interceptions is an anomaly. I know they say he's a turnover machine and, and everything, but He's never come close to 30 interceptions. I mean, well, and to be fair as well, there was a stat that I was reading the other day that said his, uh, his inner like turnover worthy throws were actually a lot better than the actual turnover rate was. Like a lot of those were, as you said, anomaly, like, um, either a defensive player made an incredible play or, uh, the receivers oh. tip the ball into the air, yeah, the, and and if if you go back, if you guys get a chance to go back and watch some of these games, the old Buck games are from last year. You see wide receivers rounding off their routes. They're not running clean routes. They're not running crisp routes. Banana and, routes. And, and and this is the thing that ex- excites me about Tom Brady is that you're going to get called out if you do that. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you, yeah, before everybody's blamed Jameis Winston for the turnovers, some of them were his fault. But, you know, when I've gone back and watched some of these, I, I watched Deshaun Jackson slow down on a go route where he had a touchdown and he didn't, you know, he didn't accelerate like we know he can. I just, Mike Evans, I've seen Mike Evans run, uh, run a route and just cut it off or rounded it off. And Jameis Winston throws to a position. So, you know, when you, when you've broken every record, in franchise history within five years uh, that to me says that you are a quality, you're a quality quarterback. And, you know, people can say what they want to about the history of quarterbacks in Tampa. Uh, it's not Jameis Winston's fault that the GMs did not get better quarterback quality uh, over the years that years prior to this. So to me, him coming in as a first round pick, he did what he needed to do. He has every record, every important record for a rookie on up. Uh, within five years. So, I mean, that says a lot to me about him and, you know, how good he really is. Let's all do this. I think this will be fun. We did this earlier with Cam Newton and Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> Who has a new team first? Cam Newton or Jameis Winston? I want to hear everyone's. Oh, everyone's Cam, Cam, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I, I think if James. you have those two. I don't know. Cam I mean, Newton, yeah, those, but Jameis is so vilified. Too. I, I, I also I also do kind of think Jameis because I do think that I mean and I don't know this but I think that Jameis it, because of his career is probably more willing to accept a backup role that sort of that like a, a team situation. That, yeah that that a team would would prefer to have Jameis in whereas I think Cam Newton is pissed off right now well, because he doesn't have the resume Cam does. He doesn't have the resume that yeah, Cam does. He yeah, has the first round draft right. pick accolade. He has what he did mm-hmm. in college, but that's five years in the past now. And mm-hmm. I think if you're looking at a team coming in, and that's where Gene said Pittsburgh, that makes me upset because I was I'm kind of thinking Cam would be fantastic <laughs> on Pitts. Put him in the AFC, Pittsburgh. No, that guy. I think he's going to San Diego. But I think you're right. Who do you think's going to San Diego? Uh, Cam Newton. No, I've heard the sources are saying that uh, he is actually. I, I heard L.A. In him at all. What about Las Vegas, y'all? Nobody's talking about Las Vegas. That's a good spot for either sorry, one. Of those guys. I, I, sorry, G. <laughs> uh, I think San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard it was L.A. Hey, uh, to the Vegas, to the Vegas thing. Um, Marcus Mariota is the uh, backup to Derek Carr. Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. So it would be – you've got a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, that's a thick with quarterbacks if, in Vegas if, if he were to go there. But wouldn't it be a much easier fit? going to be there, though. It would be a much easier fit for Jameis to go behind Ben, Super Bowl champion, you know, multiple Super Bowl champion, I think, and then, you know, all the accolades he's had. The problem is, is that Cam can't sit – he can't be a backup behind somebody that isn't like Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, he just can't like, I mean, really the only place I think you could call cam in and ask him to be a backup would be like green Bay. (laughs) And this is, this is what I'm, I'm, you know, I heard some of your answers. Uh, why couldn't why couldn't Cam go to the to uh, Los Angeles? You don't you don't think there's there's no, I, I think, I think it would make that? sense. I think I it think makes it's sense. smoke I think that should. they're saying he's not. 
I think it's smoke. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I think uh, that's where he could go. I think that's very. There well. were, I know that Cam Newton put out some footage of him and Tyrod Taylor training together. Um, so he'll take I, his spot real quick. Yeah. Oh, oh no doubt. Um, and yeah. I or Tyrod. I, mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, I it's don't trust rock. anything I believe on the internet <laughs> about. Oh, this team is interested. This team isn't interested. I think it's all BS, especially the stuff you read online. I'm hoping for Los Angeles because I want Cam Newton to have the best. I still love Cam. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the that's my, my favorite football player of all time. Trey Turner mm-hmm. is already there, so he already has a rapport. Bro, they're but defense, one of their better offensive lines. Yeah, their defense is nasty. And by the way, Cam Newton, with as eccentric of a man as he is, with all the hats and the outfits. He'd be, he'd and fit right in. Dude, Los mm-hmm. Angeles is his home. He just doesn't even know it yet, man. That'd be perfect for him. Perfect some, for have some boutiques open up and yeah, yeah man. And dude, imagine a waffle joint, man. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, I'm yeah, there. that's what I'm saying, dude. And the Chargers, they I mean, they have no fans in Los Angeles. They have no fans, man. You <laughs> need a person like Cam Newton to jumpstart the fan base, and you're moving into a new stadium. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. Um, on board with Cam Newton being a charger. Yeah. And guys, one question for me at for you uh, if you guys can go down the line. Yeah. Do you see Carolina being competitive this year? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I think I uh, you've well, got we, Christian McCaffrey. You've got Christian McCaffrey. It didn't What do you what do you define year? as competitive? Uh, all right, so like as in do you define the being a Sunday to Sunday competitive or having like a a, a record, like an eight and eight record. I'm talking Sunday to Sunday. When they go in, they have the potential to win every game they're in. Oh, well, they definitely don't have the potential to win every game. But here, I think the problem is that the Panthers are okay on offense, man. Like you, you, you were kind of referenced the offensive yeah. line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can do that. You can make some improvements, but you got Teddy Bridgewater, who is not a rookie. He's been, he's, it's not his first rodeo. There's some things about his past that are actually advantageous to the coaching staff with Joe Brady. On top of that, you really reference the thing that is very helpful to winning, and that's just kind of a steadiness to you. That that steady Teddy, maybe that we that persona, at least that we think he may have. Uh, and then you got Christian McCaffrey. You're right. So on offense, there's always. I don't think you're ever going to be a, you know, like where it looks broken. But the defense, man. So the 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 reason I said hell no is because one, I'm still not confident in our offensive line's ability to be able to protect Cam Newton. And one of the, I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and, one things, and one of the things that I worry about is that we take for granted how good Cam Newton was at being able to make a play where there wasn't one yeah, to be had. That's the truth. The Athleticism. Pocket, when the pocket was being destroyed in front of him. Uh, you know, the, uh, his, it doesn't have the – Bridgewater doesn't have the maneuverability. I'm going to disagree with you right there. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you right there. Well, no, I, okay, well, even if he is athletic enough to move around, Cam Newton is so underrated at – making plays when he's not able to step into the throw and obviously his, his athleticism. I worry that, you know, we've taken that for granted 
and that even if Bridgewater is isn't bad at it, I don't know if he'll uh, be able to do it to the level that Cam Newton did. Yeah, and and yeah, that that defense. I mean, we have a, a whole draft to go, so we might spend every pick on defense. But Man. so it's a little too early to tell. But yeah, our, our defensive line needs a lot of work. Our defensive backfield needs a lot of work. I mean, our our defense is is not. We one. don't have any defense, dude. We've got Shaq Thompson and KK Short. My guy. That's it. And KK's coming Brian. off an injury. You know, like we have Brian nothing. Burns still. Oh, Brian Burns. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So what is your secondary looking like? We got one. Uh, Dante Jackson. <laughs> who was benched. And Trey Boston. <sighs> yeah. I mean, yes, we physically have defense players. Yes. You know what? We might not even have enough players. To be honest, we might not have enough. Players. We don't. We only had last time I checked. We only had like thirty-three people sign of the you roster. Know, you know what our defense feels like to me? Our defense feels like I don't know if you guys have ever played uh, Madden in the like uh, the, uh, the their ultimate Madden. Like, no, no, the uh, ultimate Madden, like where you get the cards of like random players to be on your team. Yeah. Um, that's what our defense feels like. It's just a <laughs> series of random players that have. Um, you know, some of them are good, yeah. but for the most part, you've got like 65 ratings on everybody else. Oh, you got a bunch so, of journeymen, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, but yeah, I, I, yeah, we don't even know who we got. I wish I could you know, say like that they have some pedigree to them. You know what we have done is we have used our off season to sign people who are from North Carolina. That is one that, thing. But I done. also. I think that this. You know, oh, we got Robbie Anderson. We, we didn't even mention that. We're talking about the offense. We did get Robbie Anderson. That makes us yeah. offensively potent with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. What I Boom, what go. I'll say is, I think that you're seeing Matt Rule build the team that he wants. Um, which means that I don't believe like the little Giants. Team? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a tank. You know, type of a situation. We've talked about it when he was hired. We said. He likes athletic guys. He is a statistic type person. He is going to look at the all all of the numbers based things. And so his his focus, even at Temple and at Baylor, was get athletic guys who can actually go out there. You, they don't have to be the most talented. We can teach them the game, but get them out there. If they're the most that if they're athletic, we can be competitive. And that's how he won at Baylor. That's how he won at Temple. Um, and the difference is, and that's something that we've talked about is. He's he's made the you know we talk about this whole three year time frame that it took for Baylor and Temple. Well, that happens because you're in college. You don't have your pick of the litter, especially in those programs. Whereas now you have professional caliber uh, players at your you know at your disposal with any signing you really have. So I think that he is building his team up. I see the hand going up, Greg. Um, I see him building this team the way he wants it. Whether or not they're going to be good or not. It's it's yet to be determined, but I think that we're not going to see that three year. If we're not competitive this year or next year, even then, I think that we can make the ruling that rule is not the coach that we were hoping for. So, do you think that uh, you know he may get an extension if he gets the, his quarterback? Uh, like, if he doesn't get his quarterback this year, and you guys draft a quarterback next year, they can say, okay, this team wasn't good because this is my guy. He needs another year in his system. So. Is that kind of he's got eight potentially years. what you could say? He's got an eight-year contract. 
That dude, but the NFL is just like, <laughs> yeah. But th- to to be able to, and one of the things Greg will probably agree with me on uh, with this is, I'm a fan of Rule. I think it was a good hire, but I do think that his words and his statements are going to be used against him. In this instance, he said, "We, you know, we're not going to have this whole rebuild year. You know, we have our pick of the litter of you know talented players. Now we don't have the same situation we had in college, where it took me three years to build a program." We don't have that in the NFL because you're dealing with professional, high-caliber athletes all the way around. So he's saying that, meaning that he's made the determination that this is not a rebuild year. He is coming in to be competitive, and if he's making those statements, you know he's going to have his own words used against him as they were when he talks about Cam Newton being the somebody he wants to coach this year. But Gene, to to kind of touch on the question that you asked, I mean, I'm I'm debating people. In, in the chat room right now. I mean, th- there's no consensus even amongst Panther fans. I mean, there there are Panther fans who think that we're going to be a competitive football team. Teddy Bridgewater is the man. And, you know, all we do is all we need to do is draft a few players and we're good to we go. We need more than a few. And, and I don't care if people will call me a naysayer, man. I, I'm being realistic. I'm not looking at uh, at a roster right now. Granted, the draft hadn't happened, but I do not see a roster that is going to even be competitive in the NFC South. I just don't. Let alone, I mean, maybe there's a there's a seventh wild card now, so maybe we would slip in. But at, at that point, I prefer to be bad enough to draft a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields next year. So. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, my nightmare scenario is 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or 6-10 and ten or whatever. And, and it's that middle that of the That is pack. competitive. If you are – oh, that's your nightmare. That's your nightmare situation. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a nightmare scenario. scenario. I would so much rather be 0-16 than a, than a middle-of-the-pack football team or even a team Trust that – you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. You, you no, he doesn't go back that far. He don't go that back. He don't go that far back. What? Hey, real quick, I want to comment on what CK was saying because he he. But like, th- there's a flip side of that conversation with Matt Rule, and like, okay, here's the thing. He, he's saying he like in his mind, he's taking highly athletic guys and he can train them to do what they're doing. That's a great mindset in college because you're taking guys who are. At, more athletic than most people in their high school that are going to be able to come to college and play, and you're molding them at 19, 18, 19 years old. When you're, when you're 26, 27, even 24, 25, and you've been in the NFL for three years, five years, six years, like some of these guys are signing, okay, you are not going to learn and all of a sudden become a great player. You are what you are. You're not going to – like and all Mario Addison was a good player. Signing, but who? Mario Addison was a, a habitual <laughs> yeah. third stringer. Like he was and, team to team to team, and, and then he came here and he was he was developed into a, a good player. You know, it's, it's interesting. Player, and I want to. I want an elite player. Yeah, he I want to. I want to be. I want to play devil's advocate because I think about Greg Schiano. I think about Chip Kelly, and uh, even Nick Saban when he was in Miami, uh, coming in with that mindset. You you have to have a certain kind of temperance to be able to work with, with professional athletes. Uh, they're totally different, totally different animal than college students. Uh, not mean to say it, totally different animal, but you know what I mean? Totally different than how you would handle 
uh, college athletes. So uh, I'm I'm really interested. There's a couple of teams that I'm actually uh, interested in watching this year, and Carolina is one of them, just because I want to see um, how this all evolves. I was, you know, low key. I, I love Cam Newton. I love to watch him play when he wasn't playing the Bucks. I just is entertaining to watch. He's, it's good football. And uh, he was one of those guys. And then, you know, when he now that he's moved on, I want to see how does Carolina, what does Carolina build this into now that Ron, the Ron Rivera is over, era is over. What is, what is Carolina going to build this team into? Outside of, uh, outside of Robbie Anderson, which we can explain that Robbie Anderson is a part of this team because of his history with Matt Rule. Uh, outside of that signing, all the people that we have signed, are people that don't have an ego, right? When you look at it, Understood. there are people that are that are gonna be. You have the Pharaoh, you have Seth Roberts, you have uh, what is that tight end that we saw? We have a, an abundance of players on this team that have not got enough enough in their back pocket outside of Christian McCaffrey to be able to say, "You're not gonna talk to me like that." I am so and so. You know, Cam Newton. You can you can't go up to him and start. You know, you can't coach him like he was in college. These guys we've signed. I think that's the reason that you're seeing that, you know, Greg, especially to your point is, or even to your point, you know, as far as uh, anybody's point about not being able to coach NFL players the way you do in college. I think the people we've actually signed this offseason are probably closest to the people that you're going to be able to coach that way. Okay, so and I, I, you're right. You don't want an ego, but you got to have a little moxie to be successful in the NFL, right? You don't see yeah. any. You, I mean, who who are good players? I mean, okay, I can name one: Larry Fitzgerald, a good player who doesn't have some kind of chip on his shoulder, some kind of uh, attitude out there, some kind of "I am the man." Russell Wilson type attitude, you know. You know, Russell Wilson isn't the type to go, you know, talking back to a coach. I mean, but there's a plenty of plenty of. We're naming a handful out of hundreds. Yes, you know, and that, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the Patriots. You didn't see anybody, you know, standing like they all are. Like, and if you want to be successful and, and you want to be a Patriot, you've got to be coachable. And I'm, you know, I, everybody's going to point. point out the Patriots, you know. But you have never but seen. You were on the. You were going to hit the bricks if you weren't doing what you're supposed to. They got rid of yeah, Randy Moss. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. And so you found a situation where you have to kind of fall in line. And so. Uh, to to the point that Saban, yes, he was a big failure in Miami. You have Greg Schiano. You have a, a a laundry list of people that weren't able to succeed, but also y- you're hoping that you're that one that is able to, such as uh, you know Bill Belichick, such as uh, oh gosh, why can't I remember? It's Pete Carroll. You know, yeah. these oh, guys, there, there you go. That's you know, one of the success stories there. Uh, you know, so just because you have a laundry list of people that didn't succeed doesn't mean that we shouldn't have taken a chance on somebody who has the capability of doing so. What I'll say is that a lot of our criticisms of Ron Rivera were rooted in that old school conservative mentality that he had and not being able to control the clock and not playing young players and favoring the older veterans, even if they were the worst option at the position. You know, a lot of those criticisms of Ron Rivera, even though I have not seen Matt Rule uh, t- you know, in one NFL game as a head coach, I'm far more confident in him and and Joe Brady. Um, you know, putting out you know uh, the, a a uh, a football team that isn't afraid to evolve, that isn't afraid to do new things in order to um, to to change it up if necessary, even mid season 
hopefully make halftime adjustments, which is something Ron Rivera similarly never did. Um, I have a lot of hope for Matt Rule. What I worry about is Panther fans jumping ship on him and throwing him under the bus and saying, oh, we overpaid him. It was such a terrible hire if he does have one or two mediocre seasons. I mean, Ron Rivera had one or two mediocre seasons before his ass was on the hot seat, and that's when Riverboat Ron was born. So I'm all in on Matt Rule. Um, you know, Greg and I and a few others go back and forth on them <laughs> a, a, a little bit. But, I mean, o- overall, I'm, I'm happy with the hire, um, and I, I think that he's the type of coach that will be around the Panthers for a long time, and I think that's what David Tepper wanted. I want to yeah. mention something about what Greg said with the teaching component is I am not ready to say that that is an overrated aspect yet. And what I mean by that is um, I think I have some evidence too that it's not just unsubstantiated because I'm like an educator and I want teaching to be important or something. But Really, as you continue to see the NFL, I've seen, I've heard NFL players reference as they've changed the rules when it comes to training camp and how they used to tackle in pads and two a days, how that actually affected injuries happening more in the preseason and the regular season. You see these non contact injuries. Some old hats Mm -hmm. like to say the old days while we concussed each other in practice and broke people's jaws, (laughs) you know, that your body could acclimate, I guess, to the beating. But for me, it's got a little to do with how much time they were able to work with the guys, work with them on the field. We've seen training camp. I've been to training camp, and it is the least impressive thing ever. And what I mean by that is that it's like they run the route like two t- one time. Each receiver runs the route one time, and then they do something different. It is not like when you think about your going to practice, like where you're going to do it over Repetition. and over and over. No. It's like we installed it. Hope you got it. See you next month. No. Or see it. But <laughs> that has isn't just at the pro level anymore. That is filtering down into the college ranks, into now we're not. Why do you think guys don't tackle as well anymore? And I think it's because, I don't think it's because they don't know what's a legal tackle only. I think it's just because, man, now kids play flag football to start. I mean, you know, is that where do you learn to tackle? And as an educator for me, myself, who teaches like in a sort of higher ed, is that, you know, you you always expect people to be more prepared than they are. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there is some real value with being a teacher in today's pro game. Yeah. Well, I mean, back to what I was saying about it, the, the, the reason I looked at it is, and so I'm trying to point out the difference in college and pro is like, okay, you can, you can be an elite athlete in high school and you can be molded into being a great athlete in college. Okay. And if yeah. you're a great athlete in college, 95 per, nine, more than that probably 95 i would say probably higher than that percent of people who play college football never go to the pros and there's good players there so you can be in the top three percent of what you are in college and when you get to the pros guess what everybody else in the pros is in yeah. the top three percent no too, that's a good generally. point it's a so good your competition point is higher it's a know? good point but I mean, also think about this too so. 
we've kind of been seeing that effect throughout sports period for a while now. And that is like a thing like in high school, when you see these guys that are playing defensive end, pick any defensive player, any awesome whatever, they all played quarterback and running back in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, here, we just plug in our best athlete. That's where you see the quarterback position being differentiated so much in the NFL is because yeah. it was for so long. And maybe that's a handy – I don't know if that's going to be a handicap to rule or an asset. And I think that is a good question. There's two sides of the coin, like Greg's saying, is that there is a slight fear for me, Gene, with rule, is that – it's like if we just get enough talent out there, we can find and mine this talent. Because if you're Baylor, well, Baylor, but think of Temple. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting the top recruits. So you're. it's like the ground game. You're out there just recruiting right. and recruiting, just trying to get cats, get their grades up a level, whatever it is <laughs> to get it right. In the NFL, it's a whole new host of challenges, like Greg's saying, because everybody's already a five-star recruit. So that's the challenge with, you know, so he's the unknown. Rule has got a lot yeah. of upside, but there is an unknown. I do like that it the is, Panthers extended it long enough so we don't fall into the Tampa Bay trap of every other year. Exactly. Is there that component of playing as a team, winning as a team, uh, going out there and your defense, everybody's communicating, everybody's working together. Uh, that is, you don't have like individual standout players. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, of course, but you don't have a lot of individual players, players that are playing as a team and, you know, helping the team to win. I, 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 you know, there is that possibility that, you know, he can, you know, you've got enough talent out there that you can, you can do something like that. What I worry about honestly, more than anything is the fact that our brand new head coach in his first season probably won't have OTAs. Um, probably, wow. I mean, we don't, yeah, we don't know, we don't know what this guy is. The rookie mini camp, not going to have yeah. that. Mini camp. Um, I mean, so that means, I mean, OTAs, they're, they're in May. The draft is in April. So normally your draft signees are coming in. They, I didn't think about that. Yeah, man. I mean, your, your quarterback. Well, thankfully, nobody else is having that either, though. Yeah, but yeah, I actually but think the, that's fitting. The problem for the situation, like you're, I agree with you on that part, uh, Tony. Is nobody else has it, but the problem is there's a lot of teams that have new quarterbacks, and we're one of them. Mm-hmm. And that means mm-hmm. that your quarterbacks cannot develop the chemistry. Let's be honest, we can do this all day, you know. But you know, until we were able to just kind of hang out at Cody's and stuff, and and Greg, you know, we'll, we'll get you in there at some point. Like you don't get that <laughs> that mu- as much of chemistry. Like they're not out there working on mm-hmm. throwing the football. They're not working out together. They're not right. doing anything yeah. that's going to allow them to understand each other's tendencies. Like Teddy right. Bridgewater has said, "I'm playing Madden to understand our team's tendencies." That's what he's doing. Like Which, he, I don't know if I love that or hate that. I know. Yeah, like, I can't decide that. that. Doesn't that well, that I, makes I take you... shots at people on Twitter that do that? Yeah, I mean, it just it's it's so hard to to be able to you know come into this situation with the way the world is working and be able to actually have that chemistry, knowing you're building a situation. Um, I mean, you're you're putting yourself in a situation that's really tough. You know, signing with the Panthers anyway, Teddy Bridgewater. I'll be the first to say that. So. Wouldn't it be awesome to smoke a starting level quarterback at Madden? 
Like a uh, an NFL oh, quarterback, wow. <laughs> like would that be the best feeling? Is like, yeah. would you do this afternoon, fifteen year old Tommy? I just fucking outsmarted Philip Rivers, motherfucker, and you know he knows how to play video games. You know Philip Rivers knows how to play a video game with all them children. Yes, he does. The that would is, be Philip a- Rivers playing as Philip Rivers. You know, of course he is. Is he playing San Diego? I mean, or oh, he's trading himself. I tell you uh, what, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> be whipping some ass. And ma- if Teddy Bridgewater is not whipping the ass of every 15-year-old who plays in Madden, I'm even more disappointed now. I, 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 I would believe it. It's hard, life. man. It's hard. So uh, oh. this is my last question. I, and, guys, I'm gonna, I have to jump off here. But uh, yeah, with – with this new Netflix series about Tiger King, would you be calling your your head coach? Would he be the Panther King if he had no. a came out with a winning record this year? He lost. Okung it. has already declared himself the Panther King. Huh? Am I missing? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. late then. Russell yeah, Okung he's, he's, finally he's, identified with the team yesterday or today. <laughs> he has been traded to the team weeks ago. We had seen zero mention from him about being a Panther. And what he changed his title to, CK? Panther King. <laughs> I'm late. I, I thought that was Oh, it just be- happened. <laughs> it just happened. You're not late. And it's Russell O'Kung. Um, um, are you, are you a Tiger King fan? Right now, Here, are yeah. you a Tiger King fan, Gene? No. No? I think well, I made it through. Well, cool. I think I made it through like three episodes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> He's What's like, that white rule? trash. I can't handle that white trash. <laughs> bro, bro, I, I mean, as long as I lived in Florida, man, I mean, this is, eh, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Matt Rule is into meth and gay sex enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll probably say no. Listen, but, I'll, I'll be all right. If he does, if we come out with a winning record or even are competitive in the first year, I will call him the ruler of the Panther King. Yeah. <laughs> and then that way we can just make a point. We'll call group. him the, what? what's her name? Baskin. <laughs> Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. That's, if he comes out and has a winning record, he is the slayer. He is Carol Baskin. I was going to say, he's going to be the destroyer, yeah. Murderer. Yeah, there you go. All right, Gene Thomas, tell them how they can get after you on your podcast, homie. Yeah, I, I love talking football, and I'm cool with, with most fans, well, except for Atlanta. But um, just reach me. I buck what you heard. Uh, you follow me, I'll follow you back. You look thin, brother, by the way. Keep it up. Yeah, hey, this this self-quarantining, and uh, now I, I can't go get cheeseburgers and stuff, so I got to eat food that I got to cook. So it's working out. Good for you. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Gene. We'll get We'll catch up with you sometime soon. All right, guys. Peace and love, Jim. Let's uh, turn the conversation over to the real thing on our minds: is who on this panel has watched Tiger King? I'm I'm Uh, almost done with it. You're almost done with it. As soon as I got home from the hospital, I'm recovering. I basically binged all of it in like a day. Like I started. I've watched it twice, dude. Dude, that's crazy. Now, I mean, when it's I say I have a second time, I just have put it on while I'm like doing just stuff. in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. 
Well, see, that's the problem with doing another podcast where it's all about a lot of content like that about television shows and movies is that I have to be selective about what I can watch new because I have to watch certain stuff just to be able to have content sometimes. But so I haven't no got a chance Tiger to watch King for you. Uh, do you not or yet, do no. you not like Joe Exotic? Dude, for whatever reason, I continue to root for that guy. Me too. You know, he is, Me too. He is, is full-on insane. Like, and you know it. Like, the dude is a crazy guy. Um, what I liked about that uh, that entire, you know, so far, and I'm almost to the end, I'm pretty sure, is how it felt like it was so unbiased. You know, they invested. Well, don't like, ask did. the Gaskin family about that. I actually Googled their... Like because I was watching an episode in the background and it was my favorite guy, Doc, the Doc yeah. guy who runs a sex slave dude, harem. That guy goals or what, dude? <laughs> this dude has got to be. He is the real story of the show to me. But I was, uh, and you were set towards the end. No, he's the guy, the South Carolina guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That has the ponytail, mm -hmm. that goes to Congress. His crap is all in Myrtle Beach. He was directing the documentary director. <laughs> that guy. Oh, he was yeah, like, yeah. He was like, now here. come in and say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy with his underage harem is the real story to me of the show. And arguably a bad guy or... Like Cody said, life goals. Uh, but can I tell you what, I, what, what I'm torn Somebody's on? dog is barking like a mug. So oh, yeah, I'm about to go. So th this is what I'm torn on. Like I've always kind of been brought up to believe that if you own tigers, you were probably a piece of shit. Because if you own a tiger, wild. you're the coolest oh, motherfucker in the world. Okay, you would think that. But my my thing is is I, I feel like there are there are real benefits and negatives to what those guys do because on one hand you have an endangered animal like a tiger and yeah even though they'll never be in the wild they're breeding more of them and you know, yeah they're, like they're, I'm they're, split they're, how do we feel about this Cody how should yeah, we feel? the only problem I, I would have is if it's true that they're euthanizing some of the cubs because as they grow older, you have to feed them and it costs a ton of them. Dude, they spend thousands yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yeah, he said $70,000 a month is what he was having to pay to feed these tigers. Yeah, he had like 200 of them. And, and dude, he he's doing the Walmart truck. You know he euthanized all that shit. You know they're doing that. They are feeding those mugs baloney. <laughs> they are feeding yeah. them tigers use it so here i'm split because i love it's like it is the coolest animal in the world to me the tiger so owning one would be a shack owns them right shack was in the shit I wonder how happy he was about that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I, yeah, so I went to the. I got. I got on the Big Country website today or whatever rescue because I was watching that Doc Antler guy. Yeah, and he said if you're number one on Big Cat, and I've been having all these problems with my browsers lately, so I've been like try. And I was like, all right, well, let me Google tigers and see who comes up first. They were very, very high on the search engine. Now Google has some weird outlays and stuff, so it's not just one, two, three, easy to say. 
But I clicked on it. Their website is weird as shit right off the bat. But they have an, like a public service announcement about the Netflix show. And they're very upset with the rep. They feel duped by the guys who made the documentary, the two people. You, everybody does. And now today news came out that they're reopening or they're interested in reopening the case for missing Carol Baskin husband. Yeah, I heard that too. By the way. Season two. Season two. Tiger killer. That woman definitely killed her husband. (laughs) And by the way, that woman is such a hypocrite because she's doing the same shit that that she's going after all these other people for doing. It's it's not worse. videos like i mean they're yeah there was overgrown bamboo and trees they said that that was misrepresented it watch the video on their website by the way trail one's got it right tyson had the tiger scarface had a tiger too so by the way the bhagavan antle dude who was on um, (laughs) that's uh, the guy that's the guy yeah yeah he was on theo vaughn's podcast uh after and uh, answering a bunch of questions and he said they were also misled by a lot of stuff because they said he wouldn't comment on euthanizing tigers. Because he was, uh, they had that snippet where it was like he's gassing these things, right? And, and then they said at the end, at the very end, that he was um, uh, raided by the FBI, and apparently that never happened either. It was for his, not for his tigers, but for his children, wives. But dude, how about by that dude? Like gave the tigers for um like Jim Carrey movie like uh yeah dude he's been in the White House he's been like all over the place my question to you is this question real quick who's your least favorite person in in the show Carol Baskins yeah just uh, so likable yeah just not likable at all like I just you know you you have to obviously. (laughs) <laughs> and we're going way off base here with uh, <laughs> this being a Panthers podcast, but I'll tell you, um, with yeah, Joe Exotic could have handled things much differently. You know, he could have went about things much he went more too far, you know, blowing that doll out when oh he shot that god. doll in the head. In the head, like, yeah. Too much. Oh god! And now this um, video has surfaced of him begging to say the N word. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite seen that. my favorite part has to be his music videos dude dude i'm i you know <laughs> i'm not a country fan but did anybody else want to just go buy his stuff like on itunes i <laughs> heard that they were faked dude <laughs> oh gosh but uh yeah no it's definitely uh an interesting situation but carol baskins hands down um just because of how now granted joe exotic was attacking her very heavily but the way the way she was they Don't, were just ruthless and going after whoever yeah she dude, is what about, weird what, about, dude. what i want to know is how much meth do you have to smoke before you're like yeah fuck it i might be a gay man i don't know like dude that, that's the craziest <laughs> shit in the world to me man that's <laughs> straight from the words of someone who's never smoked meth straight from the mouth uh, alright so I don't like hey guys yeah real quick I was going to say I I don't want to interrupt y'all I don't know anything about the show but I do got to get going I told y'all I might have to leave a little earlier I got to get up super early I want to say (laughs) alright later homie good night to y'all man later chat daddy
All right. Peace and love, bro. Yeah, man. I appreciate being on. I can't wait to see you all next week. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think that is so intriguing. And there's so many. I told you guys to watch Don't Fuck With Cats. This is in that yeah. level. In that, of, in that level, yeah. Yeah, it's like of in that Interesting universe. documentary. The, it, it's, it's in that level of things aren't what bat, they seem. Yeah, batshit crazy. Things just went insane in this situation. Like, um, like everybody, like the people you were, <laughs> like, I, was anybody else surprised by the person losing her arm? Like, you were wondering the entire time, this girl's sitting here without an arm. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, it was. Is she? She got mauled by a tiger. Okay, cool. Yeah. What about uh, when he came in and then announced it, and he goes, <laughs> and he was wearing a paramedic jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Ladies but- and gentlemen, I just want to let you know someone has had their arm completely ripped off by t- He didn't say he had an injury. Had a- <laughs> There's been an incident. We're going to need you guys to go home. We'll provide this a This guy is Instead, so, he goes- he's so he intriguing. Like, this is going to bankrupt me. <laughs> oh, we'll never recover from this. <laughs> How about oh. what a badass that chick is? To have her arm and come cut back off, to work, and five days later she's back at work. Like, man, yeah, fuck her, dude. Whatever. Who needs an God, arm? God, how desperate are you to go back to that motherfucker? Mm. All right, sorry. We had to digress because somebody brought up the Panther King and the Tiger King. Here we do have. We got two calls while we're doing all this, so let's just knock those out. Maybe. Gosh, what are you guys? They're calling to talk about the Tiger King, I bet. <laughs> we opened up a can of worms. <laughs> it's also amazing. Like, it is what I love about it is, is I watched it before it became popular. The number yeah, one yeah, thing. Yeah, on like to where it was so crazy. So I got to watch it a little bit more without being tainted by the outside views. But here's the next call. So, uh, I had to get a new hearing aid, and, um, so, like, when you get a hearing aid, they let you color it, like, they let you pick what color it is, so I said, yeah, I want Panthers colors. Nice. And so, they said, I don't know if we can get the exact blue, but we'll try, and we'll make the, uh, body of the hearing aid black. So, I go in a couple weeks later, right, and they say... We actually got you a legitimate Panthers blue hearing aid. Like the so the part that goes in my ear is legit Carolina Panthers blue, and the body of it is black. And I can't wait to wear that. Like I want to go to a Falcons game in Atlanta and wear that and sit to the left of a Falcons fan. So all that like if they look to their immediate, if they look to their immediate left first thing they would see is some dude sitting there with a panther's colored hearing aid make sure you turn it off though make sure you turn it off when you're there i'm gonna tell them this one to see like i mean it shouldn't piss you off as bad as 28 to 3 i'm a panthers fan and i'm here to stay oh yeah that's a cool cover i like this baby you know my beef with him G baby, G baby was G baby is special in his feelings. The G baby moment last Cam Newton, but you know. All right, I thanks. Guess G- we 
can't lament about losing him because, well, mm. he's he ain't here for the long haul. All right, so uh, I think that first is that make sure when you go in, well, you may not have to worry about crowd noise in Atlanta Stadium. Since they gotta pump it in. No, yeah, I was about to say no. Yeah. You still have to worry about it. It's just not gonna be coming from the fans. But if you don't yeah. like what you hear, just turn that sucker off and let them look at those colors. But that is dope, though, man. That that, yeah. that, 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 that brings up a like that. that brings up a good point. You were on the uh, on a, uh, a Falcons podcast uh, last couple of weeks, weren't you, Tony? Yes, sir. How did that go? Uh yeah, they they're more yeah, they're just interested like kind of what we are trying to figure out what the team's going on. This was right on the heels of the Cam Newton trade probably, right? That was after Yeah, the I'm trying to this. think. It wasn't last Thursday, it was the Thursday before, which is not he hadn't been released yet. He had just been granted permission to seek a trade, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. we had that um I think questions about the coaching staff. I mean, look, is that it comes back to this is that with the Carolina Panthers right now, not only do we not have a lot of faith in the roster itself, there's so many more unknowns surrounding the question marks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, we just don't know. Yeah. We don't know anything about this team. And then, yeah, uh, you bring this up earlier is how the what's going on in the world right now affects the football world. Like like Cody yeah. was saying, when it comes to this staff having time and this and that, it's a real. <laughs> the, it just it doesn't. We have no answers, right? And I do think that maybe Teddy was the more stabilizing of news. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Out of all the weirdness that we have, Teddy is the least controversial of it. Yeah. Well, and and we haven't even really talked about Eric Reed being released. Has anyone? We've never mentioned that. What do we got? At one time, and and he was on. We had him for another year. Right. He had he had another year. I felt like we had just re-signed him. I felt like we had just signed him. And on top of that, we continued to say, all right, well, we've got Eric Reed, and if you add Trey Boston, we can maybe get away with that. That was what we were saying for when Bradbury, when people were saying we got to re-sign Bradbury. So Bradbury all of a sudden is a giant. We go, okay, we're going to try to make this work. Are we going to sign Trey Boston? Are we going to sign Trey Boston? Dragging that, dragging that out. We sign him and cut Eric Reed. What the fuck? I don't well, even it, understand. Another hole on the on the on the team that we have to fill, and it also means why do we do uh, it? Why do you think we did it? Because I don't think our front office and David Tepper has any intentions on competing for a Super Bowl next year, and I don't but think like Eric Reed ain't gonna make you compete oh, for no right, Super Bowl. Okay, can we? Not, can we? Be have we traded him? Can, can I? Can I be honest? Can I be honest about this situation? Please. I think once again it goes right to what I just talked about a few minutes ago. Eric Reed does not fit the, fit the personality of being Dude, able. Josh to just wrote that in the chat. You guys are right. Huh? Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's just not it's not let, the exact situation that's happening with Eric Reed right now. He is challenging the fact that the CBA is the original one that they voted on. He's saying that it's actually been amended and that wasn't something they've agreed to. Like he comes, you know, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's right. I just think that he's controversial and he has no problem being that vocal person who's going to be able to speak out. He isn't it is as relentless too. It is relentless. Yeah, every too. it's now gotten to be almost just, you know, do you, I, I and we don't know how to put it. De- you know, it's delicate. This is socially yeah. delicate, so it's not. But the idea is, are we getting fatigued by it? I think that's part of it. I think that you have a a a guy like Eric Reed who's wanting to stick to his principles, but also he's got to have a, 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 a something to fight for, right? You know, he's he's an activist. Um, and I think that's who he is more than he is a football player. I think he's somebody who wants to have a, a, a fight to fight. And I don't think that's what rule wants. I think he wants a football player whose main priority is showing that he's capable of being a great person, um, but also a great football player. And I think that's his main focus right now. So that's, that's probably why I would say Eric Reed isn't there. Um, when you look at the people that they're hiring now, a lot of people would say Robbie Anderson yeah. is not coachable. Does but people, I think, well, he was coached by Rule. He loves Rule exactly, and that's why I think that he's still that he was. That's why I said. Have it you guys heard about that. Robbie Anderson's arrest though? When this is old, like this happened in 2018. Oh no, I, I think I remember something about it, but I can't. All right, here, hold on. Yeah, all right. Cody, you got anything to say on the matter? Because I'm pulling this up right now. Um, I mean, my, I, I, do, I do not feel that we're a better football team because of it. Um, I would have preferred to have had Justin, or I mean, uh, Eric Reed on on the football team. Um, I don't know. I mean, you would have had more continuity having Trey Boston mm-hmm. and. Eric Reed Eric, Eric in the, Less in, in the backfield. And you know you're not retaining James Bradbury. Um, the, you know, we're still out on Dante Jackson, to be plainly honest. So, you know, I don't... That I don't cat know. is going crazy in the background. Yeah, he's... he's <laughs> a, uh, anyway, continue. He's, um, I mean, I, we're not a better team because of it, I don't feel, and I don't know why we did it. Uh, again, all that speculation. Maybe he wasn't coachable or this or that. I don't ever really believe that because if you don't take well to your coaches, you're probably not going to be there very long. So I don't know if that was it. Well, but... he hasn't been anywhere very long. But no. Well, he was in San Fran and then here. So... Yeah, I don't think I I think that you guys are just kind of onto it. As, look, he's a good enough football player. I'm surprised. It wasn't expensive. It wasn't an expensive contract. I'm really surprised, to be honest, that they did that. They think that that's too much to handle, right? For this moment, you know what I'm saying? Is like uh, that. That to me is a little disconcerting in some ways. But here, this is what Robbie Anderson, the coachable Robbie Anderson. And look, is that I think guys, they can grow up. I think that we do a lot of things that are stupid when we're 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 33. I'm 38, so I'm no longer that stupid. 
But here, uh, this is the headline. Breakout Jets receiver arrested and charged with going 60 miles over the speed limit and eluding police reportedly made sexual threats about the police officer's wife. Uh, According to NJ.com, the police report said Anderson was clocked going 105 miles an hour per hour. 105 miles an hour in a 45 Anderson then ran two red lights, eluded police, driving all over the road, and then nonviolently resisted arrest. While he was in the back of the police car, he made sexual threats about the officer's wife, saying he was going to fuck her and nut in her eye. <laughs> now, that, now, that, now that you say it, I remember. I, I do remember it. Now that. Now, now that <laughs> This was January 19th, 2018. Uh, That is... So, here, is that... I mean, if somebody's talking about politics... You know, it was relentless, though. That's what it was. It was everything. It was like every single thing that came up. It's to the point where I'm kind of like with Democrats right now. And I think I lean more as a Democrat... Is this like I'm just so tired and fatigued by everything? This is how I felt with Republicans talking shit about Obama. It was like, man, man can't even fucking say the Pledge of Allegiance without you talking about his cadence. I hate him all. Yeah, that's that. I mean, at this point in time, I've I've learned that it is it's a fight that we're never going to win when it comes to it's every it's it's democrats with trump i mean i'm not saying trump is a is a saint but and vice versa he yeah oh absolutely and trump is the same way with any any like every single one of these are just chasing after dollar signs if you don't think that it's suspicious that all of this is happening not necessarily the covid but like the markets go down because trump says something you don't think it's you know it's planned for the market to crash so that he can profit off of that I mean, if you don't think that, you know, you're, you're not like he says one thing, right? And you know, other people multiple say times. the opposite. He said, well, that, but like he'll say something that causes the markets to just drop dramatically. Like it just drops. And then the next day he says something that says that makes the market feel, oh, okay, so we're good now. And then the market jumps back up. You don't think he just put a million dollars or somebody he knows put a million dollars into that? stock market while it was down before it jumped back up of another 40% to where it was before. Mm. I mean, it just, let's get back to Robbie Anderson though. Um, who was it? Was it Coney Ely? Let's listen to this. Is that if Robbie Anderson has problems with the law and speeding, we've got some assistance for him. This is something we clipped. I'm trying, I can't even, this might've been Greg Hart. Who was this for? I cannot remember. Maybe oh, it's Cameron Artist Payne, I think. Traffic violations, parking tickets, nonviolent crimes, or even the common 102 and a 65 speeding ticket? Hagler and Finagler Law Offices can help. We will haggle and finagle until it's the police that they're ones buttering your bagel. Yeah, my name's <laughs> not Cameron Artist Payne, and when I saw those blue lights come on, I knew I could call Tony and Joey at Hagler and Finagler. And they would make sure all my legal problems were taken care of. They make sure my bagel got butter. That's right. Dude, Hagler and Finagler, making sure your bagel gets buttered. Call 702-334-PETE. 702-334-PETE. 
That was an old school relic from Cameron Artist Payne's rookie year where he got doing a 104 <laughs> and a 65. And that was, t- look, Hagler and Finagler. Tell, hey, I can Hagel and Finagle and get your bagel buttered, brother. Come on. If you got All problems, right. uh, Mr. Anderson, I will help you. All well, right. I think it's good that work. He's coming to rule because I think, like, one of the things that I was watching uh, Pat McAfee's radio show yesterday, and he had PJ Walker on um, and was talking to Walker about how players and how rule it will say, I'm not fun to play for. Like, I'm not a fun coach. It's not fun to play for me. But if you you listen to me, we'll, we'll develop a winning mentality. Um, and P.J. Walker was like, he's not lying. Like, it's not it's not a game coming in here and playing for rule. Like, it's, it's, it's legit. And so I think when you have Robbie Anderson speaking so highly of rule, he went through that. So I think there's going to be a respect level. So I think that we may find Robbie Anderson taking a step back in his uh, – in his, uh, in his self-esteem and, and being able to be coached again. So we'll see. People love him. My old school cut that I'm telling you, <laughs> that's like from 2015, dude. And when better saw better call saw came out, which I just revisited and watched. I haven't uh, watched it. Is uh, it, I, I think I watched one episode of it, but yeah, I just, uh, it's kind of slow at times. And then it gets, it's worth it because they finally start to work in the breaking bad themes towards the i heard he just now recently in the most recent season became song goodman so i've watched all the ones that are on netflix yeah and that's like you're at that point whereas the it's three seasons of pre breaking bad so anyway here we've got a couple calls only a couple more calls and we'll get out of here People like my what old school up, cut, though. It's your boy, again, for the third week in a row. Oh, we already heard this one. Pig, pig, pig skin. Here's his neck. Hey, Tony. And um, I'm just wanted to say hello to you guys. Um, CK. Um, well, thanks for your call, all man. All the other guys. I'm trying to remember the names. What's up, man? It's all right. Apologize, but I, I don't know. Him, say man. congratulations <laughs> for having this. Be on the air. I don't know why. Looking forward to Panther season this coming season, and um, I'm just excited. And hopefully, you guys are having a great day. Go Panthers, Panther Nation, Val Vals. That's how I say it. And um, you know, Panthers to the day I drop. God bless you all. Did we get a name on him? No, no, we didn't. What's uh, the area code? Or it if you're... is 209. Um, area code. It's California. California Nine. there. Right on. Well, look, is thank you hey, for your call. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the support. I like that rally uh, call for the Carolina Panthers and kind of needed at this point because we just speculate, speculate. Who's going, you know, are we mad? Are we sad? Kind of like that is that that grounding of bringing us back to like, hey, got to cheer for the team. You know, we don't got to cheer for the team, but we are. I'll tell you what, we're going to need, we're going to be so happy, especially with the way the draft is going to be done this year. We're going to be so happy to have this draft party. You know, we're going to need this for our entertainment, uh, certainly, because the draft party is going to be studio based, you know, so everybody's just going to be, 
uh, drafted. Dude, Nobody's going to be on stage. We're it's just in be... line with the social dis- – we've been ahead of the curve. We've been oh, doing yeah. this social distancing yeah, show for By years. a few hundred miles. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Time and see how long it takes Tony to fall asleep this time. <laughs> Joey Esquivel says it sounds like Anthony Rochelle. All right. Thank you. Look, and I trust his hearing with that cool ass aid he got looking good. Next call. Last call. What's up, fellas? Kyle from VA. I just want to get y'all's take on this, man. Ever since it's become like a reality, even when Cam was still on the Panthers, but like pretty much everybody knew that he was gone. And and now that he is gone, man, like, you can <laughs> – I know I'm not the only one that's noticed it. I know Panther, us Panther fans noticed it off the bat. But as soon as he was pretty much not a Carolina Oh, Panther, the media man, loves him. The media was just jumped straight on Cam's dick. <laughs> his post yeah. all his workout videos like he's been doing for I don't know how long. I mean, he posts them every day. I'm like, yeah, Cam Newton's coming back with a vengeance and – Cam Newton is looking healthy, looks good. Look at it look at his physique. Look how muscular and all this. He always has looked like that, ain't he? He's never been yeah, they are one. jumping on Cam's dick now that he's in yeah. the Panther. I mean, I think it's could crazy. have been gay for him the whole but time like I was. We knew the whole reason this whole time, man. They they don't I don't know what it is. They just don't like Carolina. Small market maybe, but yeah, man, I, I just, think a lot of it is our own local media. Stuff, man. If if I if I can see him win the Super Bowl, I'm telling you, I'd be I would be so happy. I really do wish him the best. I wish he could have stayed in Carolina his whole career. Mm-hmm. And be honest, when we drafted him, I really never thought I'd see the day to where we would have to Let him be go. thinking of Cam Newton in a different uniform. Yep. Now, Amen. I mean, it really, that. it really fucking hurts, man. It does. Think about so, how Patriots fans feel. Nothing we can really do about it now. Just wish them the best and wish the best for the Panthers, you know. Still cheer our team on. But I don't I don't think it's wrong if you cheer Cam on too, you know. Oh no. Oh no. hell anyway, yeah. guys, uh, I know it's it's a little late right now and I haven't been able to listen to the podcast uh well, haven't been able to watch the show live tonight, but hopefully I'll make it on. I will catch y'all on the podcast tomorrow. Keep pounding. Thanks, homie, right. man. Thanks, Thanks for I appreciate it, man. Um, I mean, that's a great, great man. I mean, it's something we've, I think we all kind of have touched base on with uh, the what media. What do you think about the, the national media? Because I don't listen to it as well as I probably could. So I don't. So it's, it's across the board. I mean, uh, people are all of a sudden just cam supporters to the end. Um, there are still a lot of people that are just small-minded people that are still maintaining, not even just in the media, but you know, people who want to make comments and be trolls and things like that on articles and whatnot that are supporting Cam Newton. But for the most part, I, I mentioned it last week, the, the media has just been so like flipped a switch all of a sudden now they're all over cam newton all oh, cam was treated poorly by the Panthers. So now I'm of, of the mind and, uh, you know, that, that I believe that it clearly is a, a, a Panthers bias in, in the media. And I think that most people can probably say that about their team. They feel like they're unbiasedly represented or they're biasedly represented in the media. But um, it, it, I, it's, it's a clear cut difference in how he was uh, treated as a, as a player for the Panthers. And now that he's a free agent, 
and the way that his free agency is being handled now. So, well, incredible. I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's a. I, mean, I don't know that it's a secret Panther bias. What right. I kind of think is people are now realizing um, uh, the the prospect of an NFL where Cam Newton is not a quarterback in the NFL is not as exciting. And, and that kind of, yeah, man, uh, when Cam Newton is playing football, especially at a high level, dude, the NFL is more fun. You're not talking about concussions and CTE. Cam Newton's giving away footballs, smiling ear to ear like a big child. I mean, Cam Newton makes the NFL fun in a day and age where it feels like almost nothing is allowed to be fun anymore, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, I kind of think that's dawned on people. And people are like, oh, man, I hope Cam Newton signs with this team and that team and that team. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is that these people are fans of they're, – they're looking at the Chargers and they're like, Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback. Cam Newton's on the market? Yeah, I, wait, yeah, wait or Philip Rivers is our quarter. Oh, Cam Newton's on the mark. We just got yeah. Nick Foles. Wait, Cam Newton's open? Like, I mean, I think it becomes this that situation. One hurts. He's always that been hurts. out of reach. He's always been out of reach. And so there is no reason for people to be enamored by him. And now all of a sudden he's not out of reach. And now these people are locked in with these guys that they're not as enamored with. And so I think that that has a lot to do with it as well. So I think, Cody, you're right in that point, is that people look at Cam Newton as – uh, as an asset now, whereas before he was just somebody who made their team look bad when he beat them. So, yeah. All right. Um, so those are the calls for tonight. We talked about the nine Panthers news. We've extended the podcast till eleven o'clock. Any? Do you have anything you need to say before I open up with the, the ice up pick? section i think michael has a good point to talk about the uh the the playoff uh, oh yeah i did read this earlier and i wanted to bring this up is that the and it goes into effect this year so there will be two new wild card teams in each conference which basically means one more game not so yeah it makes it not so problematic when there is a nine and seven team and then there's a 13 and two or 13 and three team that doesn't even make the mix because they were not in the wild card it doesn't five, get you so. now two teams get a buy though mm-hmm. or is that how it works is, i it, think what, so i think the two only the top seed yeah the top seed is the only person that gets the buy um now so if you're number one like before now the way it worked last year is the number one seed and the number two seed got by by weeks um, oh, okay. They they didn't have to play the first wild card re- weekend. Now, so now it's only the one team. You have there is only one team that has a bye week. Do and you that think is that helps one you in each conference? Make week sixteen and seventeen more relevant. I feel as though that did that it does. I mean, it also I think it can can make it more irrelevant, especially if the number one seed's so far out of reach that there's no point. Right. Right. So, like, before, like, New Orleans had something to play for that last week, right? If they didn't, if, if even though the 49ers had the number one seed locked up, they, they, had, they had something to play for because if they could still steal that number two seed from Green Bay, then they'd be in a good spot. So they were playing full on week 16 or 17, I guess, technically. And if that number two seed wasn't a bye week, there'd be no point at that point in time. You know, right. There's, there's, there would be no, no benefit if your, your chances of getting a bye week 
are zero. There's there. Why not play the same way that they played the year before when we were playing with Kyle Allen and they were playing with Teddy Bridgewater with his first start. But you're really talking about the second team getting like all of a sudden there's more teams fighting for two and three then. Right. So you're saying that two teams used to get a bye, and now it's only one in each conference. Yeah. So you might be right is that if a team pulls away, then all of a sudden three teams are sitting guys at the end of the season. Yeah. Mm. What do you think about the expansion of it philosophically? I think it makes a lot of, I mean, I know it, 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 we're probably part of the problem as well when we had our, you know, uh, losing season and we were still in the playoffs. I think that there's too many teams that are on the outside looking in when they were clearly the better team than the somebody who won their division. I so looked I at that, the percentage of teams that uh, of the league that make the playoffs, and we were equal with baseball. Mike just got me, dude. He said ATLs. Matt Ryan just announced his retirement. I'm like, what? I'm about to. He said, psych. I'm like, you mother. Oh gosh, yeah, you'd be scared of Cam. Oh my I'll, god. And by the way. Who hated Cam more than anybody other than, I mean, it, did Atlanta fans not hate Cam more than any other team? Mm, they were kind of visceral to him because he was like a traitor to them. Yeah. Well, apparently now they want him. Like a lot of fans are of like, let's get rid of Matt do. Ryan. Let's bring, Would let's you bring rather Cam have in. beautiful ass Cam Newton or Ryan, oh, Matt yeah. Ryan in his negligee? Or it's, it's also, there was an article on, uh, it might have been NFL Network about Bucks fans. They said, Bucks fans hated Tom Brady, and now every single one of them are coming out and saying, "Oh, we love him, we love him." And so, and I get it. Like I said, it's just a matter of, you know, you don't want him to be a Patriot because Patriots are not your team, and they've got too many wins. But it is, it's, it's kind of that same scenario where, if you have an opportunity to get somebody talented like Tom Brady or Cam Newton, you're, you might change your opinion on how you feel about them. Cody, thoughts on the um, playoff expansion? I mean, at the end of the day, it's more football. So shit, you know, I'm I'm into it for that reason alone. Um, other than that, I, I don't think you're gonna see a seven seed make the Super Bowl anytime soon. Do they reseed uh, at all with this new stuff? Yeah, so I mean, they ha- they have to with uh, the I new mean, rules. They are they going to make it so that? I think if you're if like I had, a division I winner, you Cody, don't get the advantage if you have a shitty ass. Just year. because you won a conf or won your division doesn't mean you get the advantage anymore. You I still think. get in though. It's just yeah. not the advantage of like. I think so. Home. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. You like it though, Cody? Expanding it, I do like the exclusivity of sometimes. I mean, of sports. I'm into expanding it. I do think like basketball I, 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 is shitty to me. I'll, I'll, we're all not certain, but I feel if you win your division, no matter how shit your division might be, you yeah. should have a home playoff game. Oh, a home one, huh? Well, I, I mean, well, if you win your division... You're guaranteed at least one home. Yeah, that's what I think. But oh, I think so you would host the wild card maybe in week one? See, the, yeah. the, the, the disagreement I have with that, though, Cody, is that you could have a a wild card six seed that has a better record than a division winner. No, I reason, yeah. 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 Like, like the, the, the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers 
last year. Mm-hmm. Both had be- they both had better record than than uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. But they but, had to go to Philly. But that's yeah. But that's my thing, though. If you win your division, I don't care what the record and uh, that's the way it's been. So I'm okay with that too. And the one thing, the reason I'm most okay with it is I'm all right with the reseed and to do all that. But I think once you start talking about that, then people ask the next question, which is, why do we even need divisions? Why don't we just have conferences? And I would say the reason we need divisions... Rivalries? Yeah, it's for the people that aren't good. For the teams that aren't good, those are the things that we look forward to. You know, is that if we can ruin the Falcons' playoffs hope, it helps mm-hmm. us as fans, even if it was the only game we won, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah. All right. That is our discussion of football tonight. We have taught Tiger King. We have taught Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we've talked a little bit about the Panthers. We've got one last segment. That is the <laughs> ice. A little bit. Yeah. The ice, and that that's the only way that that shows cooler if it's about Panthers. And I don't think Panthers as an individual lever, as an animal, is cooler than Tiger. Tiger is true king. Hashtag true king, brother. But. Chat, dog. Yeah. But that would be cool, too, is the little. Um, what we need is really a Jerry Richardson investigate, like a uh, documentary. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be an interesting. I don't, I just don't think the guy was exciting enough to. Right, right. He wouldn't keep. It was like you are not Joe. You were the opposite. You were Joe non exotic. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, not exotic. <laughs> but um, all right. So here's the ice up pick uh, section of the week. Maybe here. Let's see. Does this even work anymore? Nope, it don't. Um, my I'm gonna go. Uh, no, you guys go. Someone pick it up. I had one and I lost it. So I'll go. Mine's going to be pretty easy, um, you know, just really quick and simple. Uh, so the Virginia governor, which is where I'm located, this is in Virginia, um, has put the stay-at-home order in effect until June 10th. Do you guys hear that? June 10th. We yeah. are in March. Whoa. But the the positive to all of this is my 30th birthday is June 11th. So like you're free, like you're getting free from jail. Yeah, dude. It's, it's like your incredible. 21st birthday. Talk, talk about a party, right? I want to invite you guys. I'm going to come down to Charlotte and we're all just going to meet down yeah, yeah. And do it. now. Um, so, but yeah, it's going to be uh, anyway, just the, the fact I know it can be amended in June 10th might be just kind of a, a date that they threw out there just to kind That's of a long ways get, away. Yeah. It's a long ways away, and and you know I, I I'm not excited about the prospect of literally sitting at my house working inside until that. I know there's some positives to working from home, but I am ready to get back into society and enjoy socializing with people. Whereas uh, this might be great, but you know there's nothing beats going out and having a beer with somebody or going out and enjoying some some dinner with a, a group of friends and whatnot. So. Um, but uh, anyway, to the governor of the you know of Virginia who is Northam, uh, I said, can we take it to just the May to start? Cody, Please. what do you got? Mine's very low hanging fruit, and I care not uh, to every team who uh, has yet to commit to Cam Newton. Ice up, son. You know, the had, yeah, you know he's got a chip on his shoulder. 
He's already showing you on Instagram. The the foot is moving, throwing deep passes. Um, and Cam Newton is going to make some football team better. And all one has to do is just sign the man. So to those who haven't, who don't know a good thing when it's available to them, ice up, son. My ice up pick this week is close to home, and it is my in-laws. And I'm icing up my mother-in-law especially because she's knee-deep in the COVID stuff. Um, But we have been back from Italy now for 17, 18 days. No one has been sick. We have been extra cautious. Like, we have done the quarantine before America was doing the quarantine. This weekend will make over three weeks for us home. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're at the full 21-day shit. And uh, my kids were FaceTiming with my in-laws, and I dropped the old, Hey, ask them if you can have a sleepover this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) so they're on it and so gap my daughter goes so can we have a sleepover this weekend and my mother-in-law's response was no the governor said we can't (laughs) and i'm like you crazy ass bitch man it's been three weeks the governor man come on we're not sick motherfuckers think we got the plague we are fine we just been sitting here and i understand that that's a real thing out there but you're my mother-in-law take my fucking kids away from me just for a little while please no i'm just kidding i love my kids but damn she freaked out she free she is freaked out about the covid shit you need to get them a remote control drone that has a tablet on it and then they can just watch them from home like and then just, we can leave, not, but we can't go could, do anything. We want our house can, to the self. It, well, that's what you, I want. I want nobody waking up and asking me questions. My, <laughs> I call my my kids question bullies. You can go camp, dude. Just They're, go get a tent and get I out there. I think about going fishing, man. Like, yeah, that might be the way to go. But mother in law, we're healthy. There's no need to act like we got the damn plague. The governor said you can take care of your fucking grandchildren. So to you, <laughs> I say ice up. All right. I can't have kids um, anymore, Josh. That's it. <laughs> All right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. You can follow our work on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you, whatever radio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast at. We're at carolinacatchronicles.com, which we have a article up for the first time in months and months and months might spark my creative juices again but one of our old homeboys has posted an article and great title releasing carolina releasing uh cam newton only hurts the children and the gist of it is well not the gist of it there's a great uh kind of arc of cam newton's you know where how he got here, but he did reference the fan base as the children's and the the children in the nasty divorce. You know, we're just no matter who, there's no winners for the kids, no yeah. winners for the kids. But uh, we'll be here next Tuesday night, Cody. Where can they get after you? I know you got some draft stuff on the horizon. 
Yeah, at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. Uh, be on the lookout. Um, today there was a new draft uploaded at drafttech.com. I write comments for the Carolina Panthers, uh, rounds one and two. And uh, yeah, there's a brand new one that came up today. And we're going to be doing some live mock drafts soon. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, that's it for your boy. CK, how can they get after you? You can get me at CodizzleAllen on Twitter. Um, that's also my handle for most gaming sites. So if you guys are into playing some uh, some Vidya games, be it Rocket League or uh, Modern Warfare Warzone or any of those, uh, I'm always down for uh, some people that want to party up. So just hit me up. I'm actually thinking about streaming on Twitch or something uh, yeah, here in the do near it. future. So, uh, and then doing my, my voice, but intending it to sound like Duke Nukem, like, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Bubble <laughs> Duke Nukem was a great computer game even before it was a video <laughs> game or a regular. All right, yeah. that's Cody. Cody and Cody and Tony here. Closing it out. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Pounding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.